0: Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. It's episode 50. Uh, this one's fun. I got to talk to a, a buddy that I've been, we've been interfacing back and forth, a uh, fellow submariner that transitioned into the Naval Reserve um, about doing an episode just addressing exactly that, like the reserve component, how it works, how you transition to it if you're uh, considering separating, and just some of the differences between the two, and then he had the unique experience of uh, working on a submarine... Uh, admiral staff as effectively active duty while a reservist so he got to kind of see the differences in the chiefs messes and we discussed some of those things as well uh really interesting i had it's it's a lot of uh a lot of detail about how that side of the navy works and it's it's very much part of the navy it exists to support the active component sailors um and and i i really enjoyed it it's something that uh i knew almost nothing about and i learned a lot so check it out yeah all right man so like we talked about, uh, just always lead in with uh, the kind of your background, as much information and detail as you want to provide about uh, your naval career that's led you up to this point, kind of what you're doing now, and uh, any other uh, information you want to share, and then we'll go from there. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, so first off, uh, my name's Rusty. I'm a Senior Chief Sonar Technician, Submarines in the Navy Reserves. Uh, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a Christian. Uh, I joined the Navy in 1998. Um gosh, twenty two years ago, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> makes you a feel time. old when you
0: gotta say it out loud. <laughs>
1: oh, man, it yeah, it makes me feel really old. Um yeah. went to boot camp in uh July of ninety eight. Actually spent my twentieth birthday in boot camp. Um left there, went to uh submarine school in Groton, Connecticut. Um let's see, TM two Seer. Mike Sear, he just retired as a, I think he was a lieutenant when he retired, oh, really? uh, may have been lieutenant commander, but, uh, he was, uh, out at sub pack mm. one of the, uh, one of the groups, but he, he and I actually ran into each other and, uh, got to talk some and, and reminisce on old, uh, old stories, but that was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, went to, uh, left there, of course, went to, you know, finished up sub school, went to, uh. Sonar Tech A School there in, in uh good old Groton, Connecticut. And um, left there. Actually uh was ended up being the first in my class. Uh I have no nice. idea how that happened. No, no clue how <laughs> that happened. I hated sonar back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh picked orders to the USS Tennessee because I'm from Tennessee. So I thought, hey, yeah. that would be that'd be kinda cool, right? Yeah, got uh, got down to Group Ten in Kings Bay, Georgia, and um, as as you probably know, they said nope, we mm. don't need you on the Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> got orders to the Louisiana Gold, and I reported there in January of '99.
0: And was she and Banger at the time when that happened? No, no, no. She was in Kings Bay. She was okay. Gotcha. I yep, was gonna say, man, they diverted you all the way to Washington.
1: <laughs> no, she was in Kings Bay yeah. for yeah, for I guess. Um I don't know. I don't know when she went to Bangor. It was after I got out of the mm. Navy. So Yeah. Uh, she was there for probably a good 7-8 years. Yeah. Um qualified um on her in December of 99. And kind of an in- interesting uh fact, we uh we went to the med that year. Really? In 99, December wow. 99, uh we yep, you know, We uh we transited the Gibraltar Straits, Straits of Gibraltar, and went to the Mediterranean. We were supposed to pull into Gibraltar for, I think, uh, four or five days. Mm-hmm. And uh, that didn't happen, but we went to Suda Bay Creek for four
0: days. Wow. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, I never—I got, got, I was on a fast boat, and I never got to do that. I mean, I, I went all over the Pacific but because uh, I was out of Pearl. But yeah, I, I always kind of wanted to do that, like an East Coast boat, go see all that. Europe.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was kinda one of those they, they wanted to try to get a uh, you know, to get a big boat into into the med and uh add that to kinda some of our some of our stuff and
0: uh Yeah like capability.
1: Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, then uh, I think shortly thereafter the, the coal was bombed. So yeah. they uh <laughs> they stopped that pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's not put a ballistic missile submarine over there anymore.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but it was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I got pinned in, in the, uh, pin my dolphins pinned on, uh, by the rear admiral over there at, um, what sixth fleet? And no, that was, uh, CTF 69. Mm-hmm. Um, rear admiral Metzger, he pinned me and, and, uh, three or four others in the med. So it was kind of cool. Nice. Um, still got a, an old Polaroid picture of, of that. <laughs> um, so not much, uh, you know, sonar tech. Um, qualified ships did, did all that stuff. Spent most of my time as a, you know, uh, miss Department roving patrol kind of guy, yeah. uh, in port and, um, happened to be underway for nine 11. So I know in some of your, your stuff, I think you joined, uh, I just did, after nine yeah. 11. Yeah. But, and we were, I forget what patrol number we were on. It was, um, I don't know, five, six, something like that. But, yeah. um, yeah we were underway for for nine eleven wow so interesting it yeah, was uh can imagine. and you know it's it's kind of funny you know we're right in the middle of this um this virus stuff um ships have gotten underway yeah and are underway now, and the world is changing uh and yeah. it was very similar to that back then so yeah um kind of interesting yeah but um so they they um they asked me, uh, hey, hey, uh, petty officer, do you, do you want to reenlist? Um, and I was like, "Ah, oh, gosh, I don't know if I want to reenlist or not." I said, uh, you know, maybe if you get me out of here quicker, I'll reenlist. <laughs> and they said, "Absolutely." So, yeah, I reenlisted wow. in uh 2 mm-hmm. and went to uh Nuclear Power Training Unit to the uh security department. Okay. Had no idea I was going to NPTU yeah. I thought I was going to weapon station okay um I wanted to be a cop, you know i thought hey, yeah this is a, it's a great <laughs> transition you know i wanted to actually wanted to be an m a yeah and uh but i'd reenlisted for that big forty five thousand dollar bonus and then they said nope mm. uh got you, got you now buddy <laughs> got gotcha you now man so uh anyway so uh n p t u was um, you know that was post nine eleven uh mm. security was pretty tight. Yeah. Uh, that was actually my first exposure to any reservist because we had, um, uh, the, but the majority of the sailors at NPTU in security at the time were reservists. So okay. and most of them were, um, worked in some kind of law enforcement. But at that time, you know, the MA community was not very large. Uh yeah. it was, you had to be an E5, uh, and really go through special programs. Uh, a similar kind of thing to special programs mm-hmm. to become an MA. Um so but I went there as a ninety five forty five, the old yeah. you know, physical security NEC. Right. And uh so most the most of the guys up there were, you know, physical security specialist, um cops or corrections officers in the in the outside world and, you know, had been on orders for, you know, since right after nine eleven and would be there for, you know, another year, year and a half.
0: Nice. So did they get, did they get like called up or was it just X they volunteered for active orders?
1: You know, I would imagine that that was probably a call up kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So we went from, I don't remember how many post security post they had. Uh, but like they created security post. Yeah. Because they just wanted so many people. Um, it was, man, life kind of, I thought boat life was bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, stand in a static yeah. post on top of a,
0: um, a submarine that's welded to the pier. Oh, uh, yeah, life, life was I, not fun. I, yeah, I, I always complain about certain things on the boat, but then I get to shore duty and three months in, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm not like, I, I'm not good at, at sitting around and like this, especially is the first shore duty I've ever been on where I've been very static like if i'm not out on a boat doing an inspection it's like i don't really have a job i mean i kind of do like it's one of those like you it is what you make it so i try to help out uh the isics and like the i tell the boats like hey i'll do admin reviews for you i'll do training like what do you guys need and i just everybody's scared of me because i'm the inspector so it's like i don't get a lot of uh people volunteering to come see me so it's just like i can somebody give me something to do i'm going insane um, luckily, I, I luckily and unluckily, I got a bunch of medical stuff I'm taking care of. And so, so it's, it's working out in that regard where it's like, because there's not high demand for my time, I have the ability to kind of do a lot of things that probably prepare for retirement, maybe just prepare to go back out to sea, but I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, uh, uh, life was just tough. 12 hour shifts, yeah. uh, Ugh. sometimes working nights Gross. and at the time, um, uh, we were working it was like five on and two off and sometimes seven on and two off. It was just Jesus. It was um you know, and you'd rotate through uh, you know, static post and, and then go into some roving watches and stuff like that. And it was um uh, fortunately there was a uh, there was a really awesome chief there. Um he was a torpedoman chief, yeah. a submariner and uh not very many submariners there. You yeah, know, at uh, at MPTU and security. So, uh, he kind of took a liking to me and pulled me off the watch bill and, uh, kind of made me a, um, uh, for lack of better terms, a secretary in, nice. in the security <laughs> office. Uh, so I got I some exposure to <laughs> my
0: executive assistant.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of nice. Uh, That's you know, awesome. had a, had a group of chiefs in there. Pretty good, pretty good cats. Um, some were a little eccentric, but you know, yeah. we all have our quirks, but, right. um, you know. He, uh, he kind of gave me some exposure to, uh helping, you know, uh, change, not change policy, but edit, um mm-hmm. uh, security manuals and stuff like that. Uh, ended up doing some, uh, intrusion detection system, um, hardware and, and interfacing with the uh, contractors and, nice. and, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a really good experience, uh, in the end and overall. So I, I can't really complain, but, um. Times were tough. Went through a divorce there. Um, Mm. got custody of a child of of my oldest daughter. Okay. Um, so I only had one child at the time. So, yeah. But, um,
0: yeah, I left Charleston kind of hating it. Yeah. Did you transition out kind of because of that single parent life? And I I
1: did. Yeah. So I'll never, um, you know, I got out because I got custody of my daughter. Don't regret it one day. Right. Um, you know, it, it really gave me the opportunity to, um, well, raise her in, in a way that, you know, she needed to be raised. So, yeah. um, she's now, um, a junior, uh, going to be a senior in college. Oh, wow. And nice. then hopefully, yeah, hopefully going to law school after that. So, um, I think Killing it was a good it. choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Jeez. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, anyway, so that, that, you know, that kind of ends. Uh, I got out in 06. Yeah. Uh May of O six did uh right at well right at eight years uh active duty. So you know, I got my token child, I got my token ex wife, uh <laughs> no DUIs, no arrests. Yeah, I was gonna say so, at almost all the prereqs. Yeah, almost all the prereqs to make <laughs> chief, but uh not quite all of them. So uh <laughs> got out, like I said, in oh six, uh May of O six, was uh was on terminal leave, moved back uh moved back home to my hometown and got a job in, in uh you know our local sheriff's office and nice. um yeah I've been I've been doing the the whole police officer deputy sheriff thing since uh since '06 so wow. awesome yeah uh came into the reserves in April '07 yeah. and um man I tell you, you you talk about not you specifically but Junior sailors talk about can't wait to get out. Can't wait to get out and be in the, the real world, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, make all this money out there in the real as, world. As if
0: they have any concept of what the real world is when they join the Navy at 18, left mom yeah. and dad's house in high school. It's like you uh, don't, you've it's, never experienced the real world. It's so funny. It's funny.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then you get out, you know, and you taste the real world. And it's like yeah. this. Oh, what I just <laughs> left was the real world. What yeah. is this?
0: What is this stuff? You know, yeah, that's, I get that a lot, man. My brother got out. Uh, so he was, he joined in like, I think the late 90s and did a deployment on the TR as an aviation bosun's mate. And it was like day one was, he deployed on September 12th, 2001. So it's like, wow. Yeah, man, just gone all the time, just flight deck ops for 18 hours a day, just barely sleeping and, um, And he when he got out, though, it was like he was he didn't know what to do. He was like, like, everybody's moving so slow. I don't understand. Like, everybody's so lazy. And he's like, he ended up with three part time jobs and going to school full time just to, like, meet the need for, like, activity. Like, he's like, this is I need more to do. I'm bored. I like, just give me more. Give me more. Because he had like, he would been indoctrinated into the culture of the military and and he was in at such like a high op tempo time and it was so demanding on him that like yeah when he got out he was just like what is this like <laughs> why is everybody so lazy like i don't get it and he's freaking out and like and it worked out well for him too though because he did really well in school and his
2: employers loved him so yeah oh yeah but it
0: was it was nuts he was just like this is insane i can't believe this is what it's really like oh it's uh um uh,
1: i tell you my you know my transition to um uh it was, I'm not going to say it was difficult, but it was certainly, uh, I, I certainly fit in better with the military
2: yeah.
0: family than I do the civilian, even now. And if, you know, I'm, I've been off- if I'm scared of anything when it comes to like retiring here in a few years, um, and I'll tell you offline, like I'm not, uh, I, well, I mean, by the time this comes out, everybody's going to know. I got a cancer diagnosis recently and, um, I, I mean, I'm all all signs point to i'm going to be fine uh okay <laughs> but it's you know it's it's a little early but it's it's uh i'm getting a pretty aggressive surgery on wednesday uh and then i'll be laid up for a while and then i got to do radiation afterwards um but again like su- mm-hmm. supremely confident like my surgeons are just like we caught it early it's not the kind of it spreads it's a low grade it's all these like really good things yeah um i got a pre op appointment tomorrow where i'll find out like for sure like he's cuz now he's got like all the data and he can talk to me like with some certainty about what's going to happen next. But, um but yeah, man, it's like, I basically talked to my UMO, uh the undersea medical doc up at uh, my, my command. And he was just like, you know, we got to wait until we get on the other side of some of this, but I can pretty much tell you, you're never going to see again. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, well, okay. <laughs> um oh, That man. limits some options and stuff. So I, you know, I, I was already kind of like going down the road of retiring anyway, but uh, yeah, it's like, if I can't be a submarine cob, I don't know that I want to stick around. Like, I, me and my CMC will probably have a conversation about the command senior chief program if that's even feasible. But, uh, like, right. if I went and did like a, a shore command and then maybe by then they'll clear me to go to like some regular sea duty. But, uh, I might just call it a day. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. th- I'm terrified of like, if I'm scared of anything, it's that transition because I am like, I'm wired differently and I know it. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't know if, uh, like, I got a lot of people in the military think I'm high strung and like, I come a little intense. So it's like, I can only imagine what civilians are going to think. So well, it's uh, going to so I'll, be
1: I'll tell you interesting, what, man. So the minds, I, I can't really, of course, I don't know what anybody else is thinking other than me, but yeah. my perception is that
2: it's a when, you're a, when you're up, when you're up,
1: <laughs> when you're a, a a high performer, okay, yeah. then it scares people. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks that, that you're out to get their job. Right, right. And they, you know what?
0: You, a lot of I adversarial just, relationships form for some reason. Yeah. And it's not because I want them to. No, it's like, listen, I just want to work. Let yeah. me work
1: and let me learn and let's prepare for the future. But I
0: am not trying to get your job yeah no man. way that's a great point because like i what i always and i get that we're kind of in competition but what i always confused me especially as i got to the chief level is as we were uh quote-unquote competing against each other like where I on a submarine we unique in that there's not, usually only one of you like so i right. was the cssc and i got an etrc and an etvc and you know like etnc mm-hmm. and it's like they're, we're all competing against each other in that the, all the, the chief petty officers are ranked against each other. But like, am I really? Because I'm not really competing against you. I'm competing against my peers for advancement. Right. So it's like, I get the I kind of get it because like, yeah, number one EP is going to help me a lot more than number one MP. But it's like at the and maybe I have a different perspective because it's kind of an understanding at the at the master chief and senior chief level. When you go sit these boards that cooks when they're at sea generally and it's not everybody i got some buddies that were crushing it and number one ep chiefs but um it is almost unheard of where it's like they kind of yeah. You know, like when you review all our records stacked next to each other it's like there's very rarely going to be an ep chief on a submarine that's a cook it's just how it goes especially yeah. like it's a little more prevalent now for guys standing watching control and stuff like that which is what generally holds us back mm-hmm. um because like i first submarine they let me actually stand watch on was my last boat where I was standing three section dive and I was qualified all the things and I was assistant ship's diving officer and I was, I was everything. And so that was way different. But on the boat before that, on my first chief's tour, I was qualified chief watch and duty chief. And all they did was get, make sure I stayed proficient chief of the watch so that I could stand duty chief. That was it. <laughs> like wow. all, and I got weekend duty every time. Cause I was with the junior chief and it was just like, it, they did just viewed it differently. Cooks didn't, they didn't trust me to be in the control room. Um, which was hilarious because I was one of the better Chiefs of the watch on board. But uh <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was it was weird and it's just like I never understood that. Like I'm like, we're not really competing against each other. I'm competing against all my peers. Like I have to be the best CSSC when my record's getting reviewed by a board. So I'm not really competing against you. Because if, if I get a number one EP, hey, great. But if I get a number one MP and everybody else got less than that, then I win. <laughs> like, so at the end of the day, I'm competing against my peers and it, the ad, adversarial relationship that can form or any conflict that can come up in those types of environments. I, it, I never understood it. It was kind of weird, man. Where it's just like, why do you care? Like, I'm not, you're not my problem. I'm not your problem. I'm competing against people that aren't even on this boat. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's all about taking care of sailors, you know, Yeah. that's on, the gig. Yeah. In the Navy, in the Navy sense. And of course, you know, in the civilian world sense, um, if you have if you have the mindset that you're out to look for your quote unquote sailors, mm-hmm. OK, who who may be your uh, they may be veterans in your organization. Right. Your sailors may be uh, your peers. Right. But you you have some uh, some expertise that you want to take care of them with. You know, as long as you're taking care of those folks, um, in, in my mind, you're doing a good job. But in you know, in your employer's mind or your boss's mind, you're trying to get their job. Yeah. It's, it's, um, (laughs) and so you really kind of, I don't know. It's, um, sometimes I feel like I just have to sit back and sit on my hands, you know? Yeah. Um, I I mean, because I want to, I want to go all chief and senior chief on people, you know,
2: and it's like, get
1: out of my way. Let me get, let me get stuff done. Yeah. It's probably frowned upon in the civilian world. (laughs) It kind
0: of is frowned upon because
1: people just don't know how to, they don't know how to handle this.
2: Yeah. My
0: buddy, Bobby, he was my sponsor. He's an FT senior chief. He uh, got a job at a a naval shipyard and I ran into him at the grocery store and he told me the story about he had recently retired, got the job, and I guess he just, melted the face off of a couple of people in his shop and like got (laughs) talked to by his (laughs) superintendent about like look i understand where you came from and what you did before but you can't do that anymore (laughs) because he was like known as a pretty aggressive guy and he was always getting after it he's a good really good dude but like yeah he just was unwilling to accept subpar performance and people shirking responsibility so he lost it Yeah, you can't do that here. That's not a thing anymore. It (laughs) is. And I'll tell you
1: another another transitional issue is, um, you know, military side of the house. You are you're getting paid right. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Three sixty five. Yep. You don't have to clock in. You don't have to clock out Um, in the civilian world. That is not the case. Yeah. You know, it is against the law to volunteer your time at your employer. And that's really to 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 protect. The employee, right? Yeah, yeah. But From when you're abused. a high performer and you want to work, yeah, and you're told that you can't because you know it's the law, yeah, it's it's difficult. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what
0: I, I really like. I'm I'm hoping that I can parlay this platform into kind of like the the. I'm kind of modeling it loosely on what Jocko Willink did when he retired where it's like the podcast came after what they do with their leadership consulting firm called Echelon Front. But it's like, mm-hmm. I would I would like to create a business model where I can do leadership development and education for just whoever. Um and then the podcast is is just like a branch of that where it's like, I don't necessarily want to monetize the podcast. Like, I, I always want this to be free content. And I, right. you know, maybe I do like a Patreon or certain YouTube stuff where I monetize the YouTube account. But other than that, like, I don't ever want this to be not ex- fully accessible and free to active duty military, especially. And like, and any veterans and whoever, r- really, like anybody. Um, but like to use this to build on and like create some kind of business model so that I don't have to do all those things that you're describing. <laughs> so like I can just be my own boss and start my own business. And I'm sure I'll have my own frustrations because I got to interact with people and businesses and things to, to do that. Right. But at well, least so I'll have that freedom
1: to this. This will be a shameless plug for one of my favorite podcasts. Okay? Dude, I mean, the, the no agenda show. Okay. Yeah. Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. Uh, they, down. They have developed a value for value model and they take donations. They don't do the Patreon. They don't do the
0: like, share yeah. and subscribe. It's it's all word of mouth. They have a huge following. Huh? Um, I like that. Cause I, Patreon, you know, I haven't done it cause I'm not retired and I haven't, there's an ethical issue there to me. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's everybody else agrees. But like, um, like I'm get like you said, I'm getting paid to be a leader in the Navy and I'm dispensing leadership development and education, which is part of my job description. So it's like I'm not I'm just not willing to go down that road yet. But right. Um, but yeah, I was looking into Patreon uh, and some stuff for like just to prepare and have a plan for when I do transition out. And, um, and a lot of people have encouraged me to look into those things because they are like, man, there's a lot of people out there that want to help you grow and want to contribute to what you're doing. Um, but I, I, I don't know. There's something about it where I feel like I'm, I'm sitting there with my hat in my hand. And it's like, I listened to a pod, well, the very first podcast I started listening to is called the survival podcast. Um, and it's this guy, uh, Jack Spearco. I don't really hmm. listen to it much anymore. Um, he okay. got a little too political for me, but, right. um, but his, he's a really brilliant entrepreneur and it, like the, he created this system where it's like, um, It's kind of what you were describing. He calls it the member support brigade. And it's like you pay a fee, but you get access to all this other content. Uh, He's partnered with a ton of companies where you get like discounts on certain products. Um, Does a bunch of other stuff where it's like this. It's an interesting model where it's like you pay him a small amount of money either. I think it's monthly or yearly or something and but then it's like the value you get in return is just tremendous like it's a right. ton of discounts and it pays for itself in the first few months if you're if you're actively using it and if that's not a thing then don't and you can the podcast is free and just engage with me and it's you can ask him questions you can do all the things for free but if you want to support that's how you do it and um it was pretty interesting that like his model of it was like you were I guess value for value but like you were getting a lot more in return and it was just like a Hey, if you want to support us, this is how, and you get a ton of value in return because I want to do more for you. And so was, there's, pretty cool. I mean,
1: there's a similar, uh, yeah. but they don't, you don't get any more mm-hmm. for, uh, for paying. It's, it's merely, Hey, if you find value in, in the content that we're putting yeah. out and, and you find, because what they do is they, they analyze media. So their, their analysis of this whole COVID-19
0: stuff is, is yeah. pretty, it's I think I've heard of these guys actually. Um, I want to say I started listening to maybe I subscribed to it already, and I'm a big idiot. <laughs> now they, I mean
1: they, so it's you know if you're a if you're a first time listener to listen mm-hmm. to them, it's it's a little you got to give it some time and kind of okay. sift through some of the stuff because I mean mm-hmm. they've got some jingles and some antics and and their their quirkiness and kind of their stick, you know, and I yeah. I enjoy it, but they uh they kind of give you a balanced. uh uh just just a way to look at the media and say and step back, really kinda like Jocko says, you know step mm. out of the situation yeah and decentralize and take a look at the at the whole picture what yeah. what are they feeding us you know right um so it it kind of gives you the ability once you kind of learn what they're uh the direction they're going, it's like, uh, I can see both sides of this,
0: of this yeah. coin. you know, where's it's interesting. Let's follow the money. Where's the money? I mean, yeah. And I'll, I'll check it out even just for the construct that you're describing, like the value for to learn about how they do the value for value. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool, but it's interesting.
1: Anyway, um, went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I told you,
0: I see no, squirrels, man. <laughs> no man.
1: And it's, and it's okay. So it kind of <laughs> yeah. gave me the opportunity. I've always wanted the opportunity to, uh, plug them. So anyway, awesome. Uh um so anyway, yeah, I joined the reserves in um oh seven. Um I was a, a young STS2, um had no idea about the reserves. when actually, let's see, how did I I think I called the reserve recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um close to my hometown in a bigger city, you know, yeah. called the called the reserve center, talked to the recruiter. And, uh, I really made it easy for that guy, you know, that, that nice. NC, um, you know, I had no, no police background, uh, no issues yeah. at all. So he, he was like, Oh, you're a cop now. You want to be an MA? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Do not want to be an MA, uh, nothing against MAs at the time, but it was like, eh, no, I'd rather do something, um, in the community that I just came out of. Yeah. And I do this cop stuff on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, I want to go do, do it. Navy yeah. stuff. I want to do something different, you know? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That's cool. So
1: fortunately there was, uh, there was some sonar tech billets available
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I snagged one of those. Didn't, didn't lose any, didn't lose a pay grade or anything. So, um, came in, uh, made first class, uh, that fall, first time up and, uh, kind of sat there for, for a few years, I didn't make chief until, uh, 2013. Okay. So, but it was even, even being a first class, um, it was, um, again, post 9-11, everything was, was, um, you know, the reserves were growing. Yeah, uh, for sure. People, I mean, we were, I mean,
0: people were deploying, you know, we it's would probably get- the first time in a really long time that the, the reserves were called upon and the, on the scale that they were too, I would imagine. I believe
1: so. And, you yeah. know, um, because the first push, you know, for um, um, 9-11, Operation Enduring Freedom, the war on terrorism, you know, the first push was obviously active duty, right? Sure. But then, But then active duty can only uh, sustain that support for so long before they have to go back to doing their normal stuff, right? Right. Normal operations, I mean, you know, uh, power projection, all that stuff, you mm-hmm. can only— you got to go back to that. Um, so then who's going to, who's going to fight the war, you know? Well, right. Reservist. Um, and while, you know, your active duty side of the house are still very segmented, you know, we went into a, well, when you deploy and you go to the sandbox, you go through army training. Yep. And so you're really, it's a joint force, you know? Yeah. I had a couple of buddies uh, do that. I never, I I have, I have never deployed on a, on an actual legal, um, you know, title 10 deployment, presidential recall. Uh, but I've, I've known several people who have, and, uh, you know, there was a long time there. It got to the point we had, we would have, um, you know, our, our TICOM come down and talk to us, uh, at the reserve center and, uh, they'd say, "Yeah, okay, raise your hand if you've never been deployed, you know, and. Several people raised their hand and they said, well, just get ready because it's going to happen. And yeah. um, I've, I've been I say this uh, kind of tongue in cheek. I've been fortunate to not deploy, you know, but yeah, um, absolutely would if if um, if it came down to it. So. Right. So the reserves uh currently and even back then is is set up. You know, we we are here to support the active component. Uh, a lot of, a lot of reservists even don't, don't get that. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, they, they want to, well, what can we do over here to support the reserves? Well, our job is not to support the reserves. Yeah. Our job is to support the active duty. Um, talk about money. Active duty pays for our billets. Yeah. That's where, our I mean, that's where it comes from. So they pay for, for a product and we are that product and they expect something in return. Out where I'm at, kind of middle America, prairie navy, as, uh, as some <laughs> folks will call it. You know, not near a <laughs> the closest thing I have to a body of water is a river. You know, right? <laughs> and I get teased all the time. Oh, well, y'all got boats down there on the on the river? Like, no, we don't have any boats down there on the river. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we do a lot of stuff that's uh, that's shore based. But uh, so we have these. Um, we well, got reserve centers all over. The yeah, the,
0: they're they're the um the Navy Operational Support Centers, right? Is that accurate? Yes. Okay.
1: That is correct. So we we say it NOSC. Yeah. Um, it's a NOSC Navy Operational uh Support Center and most of those uh you know are are joint with a Marine Corps reserve unit. Right. So in those in those NOSCs you have uh full-time support sailors who, you know, FTS, they're the I guess you would say that they are the active branch of the reserves. Okay. So I always kinda will, w- I've never
0: understood the distinction between
1: the two. They <laughs> like, will they will say that they are reservists. Okay. Okay, and they they get paid out of let's say the reserve pot
0: of money, mm-hmm. the reserve bank account, but they are active duty. Yeah, I have okay. seen yeah, I like so I r- interface with the NASC when I was an A school instructor because I needed a corman really badly because we were on an army base in the middle of Virginia. Okay. And we were screening students to like go overseas and do all these other things. And we kept getting these nasty grams and phone calls that we were screwing up all the paperwork because the army was just doing what the army does. So I, I reached out to them and they had an FTS corpsman. Uh, she was a first class. Amazing. But like I didn't get it because I was like, well, you're a reservist. So what do we got to do to like get you on orders? And she's like, oh, no, I'm FTS. So I'm, I'm here all the time. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like what does that mean? <laughs> right. And she's like basically she's active duty, she just doesn't go to sea, I guess, but like she can deploy. So I was like, that's like the regular navy kind of. Like I don't understand what the function is.
1: It's an so it's an odd pairing. Uh yeah. I'll be honest with you. Because there's a lot of boatswains mates, okay? Mm-hmm. And a large portion of your aviation community are FTS. Okay. okay. So but they, I mean, they are hardware units. They're commissioned units, you know, uh, they're FTS strictly. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes never even see a reservist or rarely see a right. reservist. Um, but, but they are the FTS, you know, they fall under the reserve, kind of the reserve umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they're active duty. So their main job is to support the reservist. They are full- time support for the cell res okay uh, the selected reservist so,
0: so they're like just the people that staff the noscs, so that the reservists can units can function without people being there all the time is that exactly okay that's
1: exactly it and that makes you know sense. and and right now um, you know a nav admin just came out um, that pushes so typically when a when a reservist would deploy mm-hmm. they would go through um, ECRC or basically an onboarding uh, in Norfolk and, and Norfolk, the ECRC. And I don't I don't remember what that acronym okay. stands for. Uh, but that's basically where if you if you get put on orders uh, on, a, on a recall set of orders. Then you report to Norfolk. They they start your your activity pay account. Uh, they ensure that your transfer eval coming off of the reserve duty was taken care of they uh they basically almost like a MEPS.
0: yeah, okay? that makes way more sense now It's almost like they, without a MEPS. that without that structure, how would how right. would the units function? I always wondered I'm like are they working from home like what are what are they doing like that makes way more sense yeah so but
1: with this uh pandemic uh stuff that we're dealing with right now, you yeah. know they just released a nav admin. Right here, uh, 9920 mobilization processing of the Navy reserve personnel in support of COVID 19 response operations. So they pushed that MEPS like onboarding down to the NOSC level. Yeah. Which is perfect. So. Yeah. Um, and, and really this is an exercise that's been, um, I'm not saying that the COVID 19 response is an exercise, but but yeah. You know, never as some people have said, never let a good uh, emergency you know go to waste, right? Right. So, right. um Force coach, our force master chief. Um, I heard him speak a few months ago, and and uh, they they have you know at the the CNR level, uh, the Office of Chief of Naval Reserve. At that level, they've they've recognized that hey, there's some deficiencies in putting reservists on active duty orders, right. and it takes a long time, and there's a lot of just stuff that gets in the way yeah and they've been you know working through process to mitigate a lot of that that's um, awesome a lot of that red tape and, you know cno uh was it Greenert? i think came up with the administrative distractions and administrative barriers and mm-hmm. burdens and stuff um was it Greenert was or richardson? richardson
0: richardson okay yeah
1: um well my apologies cno but anyway <laughs> uh, you know retired. that was it was kind of like hey that's a that's a great thing you know he's let, right Let's cut through a lot of the red tape, you know. Yeah. Because there's a man working at sub pack. There were times that I would sit back and think, how how do we even cast off all lines and get yeah. a submarine underway with all the, I, the stupid bro, stuff that we? Who are you telling? Holy like, cow! we
0: we do in between every deployment on a ballistic missile submarine now, and I don't know if it was like this back when you were on one, but it was constant. Like you're just either in refit or you're underway right so like every time i would come in it was a maintenance period and just all the work controls and just the burdensome crap that would happen it was just like there's gotta be a better way (laughs) like i find it really like we were constantly waiting on like work packages and just paperwork and it's like how is this still paper where like some guy or girl is in an office like pounding out this work package and click and print and getting run around getting people to sign it and we're waiting like Hours and hours and hours for signatures. like, how is this not electronic by now? How do we not have like an iPad that's just like like doing all these digital signatures and then it gets zapped down to the boat and like, I know there's security issues and stuff too there, but good grief, like yeah, I mean just it's, so much administrative burden that just gets in
1: the way of us doing the mission. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 2020, you know. Yeah, um, we should absolutely uh, be operating at a level of 2020, yeah. and I'm not and that saying was, that. You know, yeah. we're
0: not to a point, but I mean, I will, man, like I, so I'll tell you one of the big, I have this big notebook full of, uh, like Cobb lessons learned, like where I was just the last probably 18 months I was on my last boat. I would just, I'd sit in meetings or I'd have these interactions where I'd go grab my book and just write down, like, when I'm a cob, I'm going to do this better, or I'm going to learn from this experience or I'm going to, and I've used a lot of that on the podcast, but like, it's just, there are things that. One of the biggest motivators for me or like, I don't know, motivators, one of the priorities for me would be to free up my chiefs to do their job. Like right. I, whatever I can do, cause like things like zone inspections, like one, does it always need to happen? And if it does, like there are times where I can walk, like I'm going to walk the boat anyway. So I'm right. just going to write up a freaking 20 sheets. It'll take me an hour. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm walking around the boat anyway. And then going to find that chief and saying, Hey, your bill just dirty or whatever, or like something's rusty or there's verdigris over here. And it's like, if I'm doing that already, it's the exact same thing. So why would I not walk around with a clipboard and hand people's own inspection sheets instead of, and it's like, I'm not trying to get myself into the weeds either because I need to be detached and I need to have a, a big picture worldview, but there are things I can do that like got delegated to me routinely as like a senior chief on a submarine where I was basically the a cob,
2: you know? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it, it's like the kind of things that I had a division in a department too, man. I was super busy and it, for me to be able to be there for my sailors and like do the things I needed to do to get the ship ready to deploy. I don't have the bandwidth to do the COB's job also. So right. it's like, that's, that's your job, man. And it's like, there's things that he could have done that would have freed his chiefs up to do their job better. And we routinely commiserated about that. And I had some conversations with my Cobb about it too, but it was just like, man, there's so much burden on the division or department level chief, especially uh, like on smaller units, the division chief, a lot of times one of them is the department chief, which was in, in my case, that was me. Um, and yeah, man, it was just like, I, I, how is one person supposed to do all these things and find time to sleep and stand eight hours of watch every day? It's, it's absurd. And so it's just like, how do I, how can I unburden all these chiefs to? allow them to focus on their divisions and do their jobs. So it's like, that's right. a big focus for me. If I ever end up in that position in any capacity, wearing a cookie to work, it's like, how can I unburden all of my chiefs and first classes so that they can just do their job?
1: Well, so I, I went through a, um, Southeastern leadership Academy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a law enforcement type Academy, mm. uh, leadership. Okay. It was five or six weeks long. Went through that a wow. couple years ago. That's um, awesome. the, the very first week we had this, uh A captain from um, Key West, Polk County. I think that's Polk County, Florida. She worked at the Keys, the Florida Keys. Anyway, she was amazing. But her big thing was, how can you do it better, safer, faster, cheaper? Every day you should walk into work. What can I do that's better, safer, faster, cheaper?
0: I feel like the priority would be in that order. I in assume, that order, like, better, like safer, better, faster, safer, or maybe safer, better, faster, cheap. but like, yeah, like, <laughs> well, in order, sa- safety is probably number one, but you, yeah, I,
1: well, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. so in, you know, in, in a law enforcement uh, scenario, even, even submarine, well, yeah, man, you guys, you know, incur risk naturally, it, yeah. it, 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 and you know, we're, uh, we're warriors, okay, yeah. I'm talking submarine, Navy, we're warriors, and I hate to, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but yeah, our uh, job is inherently dangerous, inherently. So if we're scared, if we're fearful, then we're not going to be able to do our job. So I don't know. You know, safety, I know safety is paramount. But, you know, how can we, and it's kind of a model, you know. Yeah. Okay. How can we do it better? And then let's apply better, safer. Okay, if it's better, is it safe? You know, and and kind of down... Down the line, if yeah, uh, if we risk sense. mitigate everything, it's like we we probably right. would never go it's to never, see. It's you know? not going
0: to be faster, yeah,
1: yeah. So anyway, so you know they they push some of that stuff down to the nos level, and I think we're talking about FTS and kind of what they do, but um, that's that's really what their primary focus is is supporting mm-hmm. the cell res and and making sure that they're mobilization ready. You know, uh, not necessarily doing it for them, yeah, um, because. You know, as a, and we'll talk more about this probably later on. But as a as a chief, it's like, I expect when someone joins the reserves, they are adults, and I'm sure you expect the same. I expect any sailor. You're a sailor in the United States Navy. You know, we're the most powerful navy in in the world. Mm-hmm. I expect when you put on that uniform, that
0: you're going to act like an adult. You know. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I have this weird outlook on that in a way where it's i expect that they're striving for that um for sure but like i i kind of always have equated being a division chief at least on a submarine to being almost like a like i'm a finishing school for young people where it's like i get these 18 year old kids that especially nowadays i don't know how different it was earlier on um, I, I mean, I know I was immature and ill prepared for a lot of the things, but I was I was still pretty responsible. My parents did a good job, I think. But uh, it was I, I would a- routinely encounter kids from different backgrounds and contexts than me that had like didn't even know what a credit card was or how it worked, or like didn't um never had the responsibility of having to even show up on time and and do a thing and be in the right uniform and all those things. And so it's like, yes, hundred percent have that expectation, but at the same time, I have this understanding that. I'm probably not always going to get that initially, and I need to remove the barriers and equip them with the skills to to actually mature to that level. I guess where it's just like I agree. There's definitely a maturing process that I think that happens during almost everyone's first enlistment, even if they join a little late. Like they're further along, but there's still a piece where they're adjusting the military. But especially the 18 year old kids that we get, it's just like they're not like. <sighs> Legally they're adults, but they're not all really adults the vast majority of the time there's a lot of like growing up and, and maturation that needs to happen for sure we'll see
1: and this so this point this point is exactly it's a perfect example of the difference between the reserve and the active duty okay How so well so you get a you get an active duty sailor okay who's young eighteen nineteen okay fresh out of mom and dad's basement Okay. Mm-hmm. And they need a lot of, uh, maturity, a lot of, uh, one on one, uh, yeah. guidance, mentoring. Okay. That you can give them on a daily basis. Right. Right. Okay. okay. When they come into the reserves, I haven't seen any of my sailors in months. Really? And really because you know, I drill in one spot and I, I am cross assigned out to another unit so i may i may never i mean i I may go months without seeing a junior sailor and being able to interact with them on a on that personal level that that an active duty chief or an active duty lpo can give them okay so i liken the um the reserves uh, or i guess the the differences in think of it like this you've got some individuals who who are perfectly suited to go to an online school for four years and get their degree. Yeah. And you have some individuals who can't do that because they need to be, you know, butt in seat every day with that daily accountability. That's me. I mean, I I need to be going to school online was not a thing for me. So I had to, had to go and physically sit in the seat, you know? Yeah. So the reserves are kind of like online school. And active duty is more like daily living in the dorm and mm. having the full experience.
0: Yeah. And so think- how, like, are are there any ways to, I, I don't know if mitigate's the right word, but, like, to reach them more frequently and often using, like, electronic means as far as, like, all of those developmental pieces? Or is it just it, it, by the nature of, like, all of these sailors also effectively being civilians, like with jobs and families and stuff, a lot of the times, is it just not like bandwidth wise for them? Is it not realistic to overburden them with, hey, we want you to do all this stuff for your Naval Reserve uh, career also when you're not drilling, but you have well, family and you, you know what I mean, like, so
1: all the above, all the above. Okay. And um, I, I will certainly admit that um, while I still feel like a 25 year old, <laughs> I absolutely am not a 25 year old and generationally. You know, I look at some of the stuff my daughter does and she's 20, almost 21. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Right. TikTok, yeah. Snapchat. <laughs> um, I, yeah. You know, I, I just, <laughs> it's like, I don't even want to. And here I am, I'm, it's like I never thought I would be like this, but I don't even want to learn some of that stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. But that's where I'm, they all are. I'm with you. I have so issues you, with some
1: of it. I mean, so you've got, you've kind of got that piece. You know, yes, there are ways, but. I mean, in a, it's, it's just difficult, you know, yeah, and it's, no, it's, it's hard to be, uh, it, it's like being in a long distance relationship, you know, yeah, yeah, or, or raising your kids from, you know, from a distance. It's like, you really, you need that, that one-on-one. So I guess what I'm saying is because, you know, we'll do, we'll do, uh um, career development boards, mm-hmm. uh, for the new, the newly reporting individuals, newly reporting sailors and, um, uh, while I, I find this statement that they make hard to believe, um and to be factual, they will say, Well, I didn't know so my question would be to them, Hey, hey shipmate, what what do you want to do in the next, you know, one, two, three, four years? Kind of where yeah. do you see yourself? Well, senior, I'd like to be on active duty. Really? You you're you're brand new to the reserve, shipmate, and, and you all you want to do is go active duty. Yeah, senior. I'm like, well, okay, why didn't you go active duty to begin yeah, with? what are you doing here? <laughs> I didn't know I was coming in the reserve, senior. Oh, my God. Well, okay. So, I mean, I, I don't know how factual that would be. Yeah, I don't know. No. Um. I mean, I certainly understand that uh,
0: the recruiters have a job and maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I just don't I, know. Yeah, I, I've not, had
0: similar conversations at career development boards where sailors were like, you know, like, I, I didn't. I didn't join as this rate, they screwed me or something, and I wanted to be like Navy Seal Rambo Ninja, and it's just like, okay, uh, one, that's not totally off the table. If you really want to pursue it, I can, I can help you get on that road. It's not going to be yeah. easy. Um, but I, like, how did you end up a nukey T on submarines and think like, oh, well, all I wanted to do is be a Navy Seal. I'm like, well, then why aren't you on a challenge contract trying to be a Navy Seal? Like, what are we talking about? Like, why are you here if that's exactly. what you wanted to do? I don't understand. And uh yeah I I mean I could I'm sure some people that like there's a recruiter out there that screwed somebody over sure I I believe that that's probably happened <laughs> uh, but yeah I don't think it's every single case that you hear like that so I I'm like I have I have trouble with that where I'm just like okay like I I, I sympathize I'll help you if you really want to do it I'll help you go down that road and I've had zero people actually engage in doing all the things and working th- towards like whatever Navy seal Ninja Rambo thing they want to do. Like oh, I want to be EOD or I want to do this. And it's like, okay, well here's the physical requirements and here's the program requirements. And you need to be high performing in the job that you're in now. Cause that's where you're at. Cause if not, if you can't perform here, you're, they're going to view you as somebody that can't perform there and you're not going to get accepted to the program, blah, blah, blah. And I've never gotten anybody to follow up on that ever. <laughs> so I'm just right. like, <laughs> uh, how many people yeah. really, you know, I don't know. And, and you know, uh, I- I often follow up with that question. It's
1: like, well, shipmate, you know, uh, and I hate to, hate to, I don't want to cast a negative connotation to the word shipmate. I really yeah, don't because, know. <laughs> you know, it's, but I, I would say, okay, listen, you know, there are ways to go active duty in the reserve world without really going active duty. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is a mobilization, you know, right. There, there are plenty of, at the time, there are plenty of mobilizations that you can go on to, Fulfill that that kind of desire and maybe that monetary need that you need right now in your life, you know. But so that's that's kind of when when a reservist comes in, you know, I kind of expect because we are a very hands off organization to a point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I. it's like, yes, you absolutely can do the bare minimum of one weekend a month and two weeks in the summer, just like the advertisement says. You know, right. and according to Title 10, you know, U S code, Title 10, if you're a reservist, unless you're on some kind of orders, then you are not an employee of the United States. Hmm. So, you know, it's like, That's take that how you want to take it. Um, yeah. however, if you want to succeed in this career that you have chosen, uh, and it's not just the job, And I almost remember to the day when my mind and my my brain switched from the navy being a job to it being a career right and there's a big difference but if you want to to succeed in this this reserve thing uh, and make it a career and a successful one you cannot do the bare minimum right so you know so being a uh coming from the submarine world active duty kind of a even though I was on a boomer we weren't very high up tempo. Yeah. You know, but submariners kinda get it done and I'm a kind of get it gu- get it done kind of guy. Yeah. Uh I want people to also get it done. And when when you're mediocre reservist in getting it done, it's it's uh it just really makes you
2: yeah
1: um I don't know.
0: Just want to cry. Yeah, and I, I guess that would frustrate the efforts of if they're not drilling, it's they're technically not employee. It's like that would frustrate the efforts to do a little extra, even if like communicating some electronic mediums to them, like, Hey, like listen to this podcast or, um, you know, look at this YouTube video and then hit me up and we'll discuss it or doing like a zoom meeting where it's like they read a book and we're now we're going to talk about it kind of thing. Um,
1: yeah, that's, so that's, that's pretty much, I mean, you're at a higher level. Okay. Try to try. I mean, it's difficult to schedule any kind of time with, you know, and in my particular little unit at my reserve center, we have about 70 sailors. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so to try and schedule, I mean, it's hard enough to get the first classes on a, on a phone call, you know? Um, so it's, it's just, um, things move slower in the reserves. Yeah. They just do. And, um, it's, that's kind of a pain for me, but
0: yeah, I mean, I guess you could try to, I'm just, Tell me to shut up if you need. It. Like, no, I'm no, like, no. I'm I mean, doing. I'm l- I'm looking at like a passive solution too, of like doing like a Reddit sub for your unit and just like, hey, review this and then comment, almost like a message board for online college, so they can just do it whenever, and then you go in and moderate it, kind of thing. That that could be something that would be productive, I would think, in that type of an environment, because it that like frees up everybody to just do it whenever they have time. Um, well,
1: I tried a, uh, I tried a. And we've still got it, a Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I kind of, I really kind of go, I, I created that group uh when I was a first class LPO mm-hmm. uh, of the same unit that I'm still in. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's done fairly well. Okay. But listen, man, I, I tell you, it's, um, you know, I'm not down, please. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm down on my reserve sailors. Okay. Because we've got some really great reserve sailors doing some really great things, you know, but there are those who they're on Facebook, Snapchat, uh, yeah. yeah. TikTok all day long. Okay. And it's like, Hey, Hey, can you go over here? I'm like, and and they'll give you that. Like,
0: yeah, I don't know how to do that. Can't force engagement. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's something that I, I don't, I haven't, I'll probably look into it when I retire and expand the platform, but, I'm gonna have to like get somebody to do it for me, man. To, like to leverage those types of platforms because like I, I, I have trouble now with like the app on my phone for Facebook will get updated and then I don't know where a thing is. And thank God my fiance is ten years younger than me because I'm like, honey, nice. how do I how do I do this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like the old man that's like, how do I computer? Like I don't understand. <laughs> so yeah, I I. Yeah, I do that a lot more now, and I just feel so old every time I do it because I, I used to be a big computer nerd and t- technology guy, and it's just like I am so far behind now. That's,
2: well, I, 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 I still lines. am, but I have
1: yeah. I have some you know, I have some issues with uh, I just have some issues with Facebook, and I've really tried to distance myself from Facebook. Okay. Uh, for personal, just personal. Um, I, yeah. Listen, it's negative. There's a lot of negativity on Facebook. There is, and I just you know what? There's enough enough negativity in the world, I just, that was one platform I thought, you know what? I'm just not going to, I'm going to try my best to not get sucked into the mindless looking at Facebook. Yeah. Thumb scroll. Uh, where did the last two hours go? And, you know, so (laughs) my new phone, uh, I got got a new iPhone back, uh, several months ago. I was just Mm. determined. I'm not putting a Facebook product on my phone and I haven't good and it's freed up a lot of time I,
0: yeah so i wish i was better about it because like what i end up doing generally like i use my personal facebook and i've liked like every single navy related thing on the planet and it's right. it's like a news feed for me almost where it's like i kind of see what people are talking about in the navy mm-hmm. um and as stuff comes up i share it on the it's almost all th- podcast related stuff so it's like i'll just find something and then share it on the podcast page share it on the podcast page so i try not to but i do this i do i'm like i see something funny and show my fiance like i definitely i'm trying to get better about it i was doing okay for a while and i feel like i've degenerated a little bit with all this downtime but yeah um yeah man i i definitely feel that way about it i i feel bad when i like sit there for an hour an hour and a half just scrolling and like mind like just killing brain cells and then like when i'm done i'm like Ugh, like, what did I just do? <laughs> and it's like, I get I upset at myself. And so I'm trying to be better about it. I don't know how good of a job I'm doing, but
1: well, there's, I mean, there's times that, you know, um, as long as it's kind of, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say scheduled Facebook time, but as long as yeah. it's kind of selective and I don't allow it to interfere with my day, you know? Mm. So, so, but you know, I tried that to stay engaged uh, with the sailors on the, on the Facebook level. And, uh, and then Snapchat came out, you know? Yeah. And I never, I never understood the Snapchat concept, uh, to a point that like Gary V does, you know? So that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of where I think you need to be. Um, um, for sure. I just, maybe just under his level, as far as engagement with, to, to kind of keep a hold of, of, of your, your tribe, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to need somebody to like teach me because uh, f- my fiance's best friend is like a social media manager. I'm like, I'm just going to need you to come train me and just like just tell me how to use it. And then if I have right. questions with other stuff, I'll just ask. But like if you can set it up for me and tell me how to use it, I'll start using it if that's because I, I that's I feel like I'm lagging behind a little bit in reach ju- for that exact reason that you described is like people mm-hmm. are migrating to other platforms that I don't engage with. And so I'm trying to figure that out passively just like how do I because I asked my fiance about like the story functions on like Instagram and Facebook I'm like I don't know what to post on that do people even look at it or engage with it Um, and she's like yeah they really do it's kind of a big thing and I'm like okay so what do I do and she was kind of trying to explain that to me and like what kind of content would I even put on there um, But then I get scared that that's also going to up the amount of time I spend on social media, which I really don't want to do. So I'm just like, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's uh, I
1: mean, it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a balancing act, you know? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I've, I've tried to, again, I've tried to do that. And uh, really, so you, you and I, we can go look in the mirror and we just see who we are, right? Right. But you forget that when you walk down a P way, that those sailors looking at you see something totally different. Yeah. You know, totally. they see, they see a senior chief yep. or a chief and that kind of puts up some roadblocks
0: inherently. For sure. You know? Yeah. That was the, the reason why my face and name are not on any of this is to try to tear some of that down, that barrier, but right. it doesn't always work. It, it definitely helped, I think, to connect me with people. And then once I built, a library where they were like, Oh, this is what this dude's about. And, and then I got to, I finally got some, uh, E6 and below to do interviews with me that opened up a, a door where it was just like, Oh, okay. And like, like I can talk to this guy and it was, that helped a bunch too, but it was, it was, a it took me a long time to kind of be, build that trust and kind of remove some of that barrier.
1: Yeah, I, I can, I can see that. And I'm kind of, I know I can come off as an a-hole, you know (laughs) i really i can man i can and uh, for sure but but i've i i'd like to think that i'm self aware enough that i can try to curtail some of that yeah and see it when it's coming and either shut up or redirect and and kind of change my tone you know and i have to do that in my civilian job you know if i'm not careful i mean i learned really quick that if you talk to folks out here the way you talk to junior sailors, that, well, they they don't follow orders. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. tell someone to do something just because you said so, because right. they're, they don't have to do it, you know, <laughs> uh, and yeah. you'll get your hind end whipped really quick if you're not careful. Yeah. So, or shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, there's probably some more yeah. dire uh,
0: consequences sometimes.
1: So, uh, so anyway. I know we kind of went off on another rabbit trail and, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I'm good on time, man. So don't, don't worry about oh, that. We are, but, yeah, uh, We were talking about FTSs, you know, mm-hmm. so the full-time support, uh, they're great. Of course, you know, sometimes they, they feel like they're not so great just because, you know, you don't get the support that you need. Yeah. Uh, but overall I'll have to say that my NOSC currently and historically I'd put them up against and we're a small NOSC, uh, mm-hmm. but I'd put them up against any NOSC in, in the country. They're just yeah. amazing. You know, I've kind of, so listen, I've kind of steered away from even identifying where I'm at, but you know, I drill at NOSC Chattanooga Mm. and, um, Chattanooga, you know, had the shooting back in 2016. Uh, Mm Um, I was in Hawaii at the time, had been there for a couple of weeks, Mm. but, uh, I tell you that NOSC, you know, there, there are other opinions out there, but I think that the the NOSC uh, performed well that day. Yeah. All involved, you know, we lost lives, but overall. Uh, I think we performed well. The sailors did uh, as best as they could. You know, the chiefs that were there, they handled the situation as best they could. Mm -hmm. Uh, The CO at the time, you know, Lieutenant Commander White, now Commander White, uh, you know, he acted uh, in a, in a fashion that he thought was the best. Um, Others may not think that, but, you know, to each their own, Uh, I think he was a good man. Still is. So, Great Nosk, full time support sailors, there. Good folks, just like you've said before, man. Nobody shows up to work just thinking, How can they be uh, yeah. a dirtbag sailor today? <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't, um, right? So, but full time support, so that's that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh they support the, the cell res um 100%. So, but you know, there are some uh most like sub pack, sub pack has one fts billet and that's a yn hmm. billet yn2 yeah. billet um so i take that back. they have subpack proper okay okay now you know there's some uics yeah, underneath yeah, subpacks yep okay ctf 16 uh, ctf 34 and and some ctfs and you know some yeah. other
0: uv
2: attachments but,
0: and but
1: blah, i'll blah. just say you know the 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 front office mm. they've got one one enlisted FTS billet and that's a yeoman billet. And, uh, then of course over there, you know, in the N1 shop, uh, you have an operational support officer, the OSO. Hmm. Um, and so those two, uh, are, you know, the yeoman's kind of supposed to work for the OSO in, in support of reserve needs at sub pack. But of course that's, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> command structure gets kind of weird. Yeah. You know, and, and you just need bodies, places. And so, you know, things morph into into other things. But yeah. uh, I, I kind of lost my train there. But, um, you know, every most most every active duty command at some echelon level has a full time support uh, person or cadre there to to facilitate getting the reserve. Reserve sailor to the active duty command.
0: Yeah, okay. okay. That it makes sense now that you say that because I have a commander um, that works for us. That's that's like his function. I and I had no real. I I didn't really understand why he was there other than we had we have like reservists that are technically attached to uh, our command, and I was just like I don't really understand what your job is. That yeah, makes so way more said, sense
1: now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're at a group and, and so that, that you definitely do. You have, uh, you yeah. probably have some submarine force reserve component sailors mm-hmm. who are not, well, active duty, that group through sub pack pays for, you know, pays for those billets to be attached to that group. And, uh, it's all a money. It's all the way the money flows, you know, you know, like I said earlier in um, some, some reservists think that we just kind of support ourselves and like we're this big self licking ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> but for my time at sub pack, I learned that, you know, every, and you don't think about it, man. You just think money, money is money, whatever, right. you know, the Navy, they get this money and whatever, they just kind of do what they want. But everything costs money. Everything mm. has a dollar sign attached to it. Yeah. And every, every. Billet has a dollar sign attached to it, and you know when the when the active duty navy is shelling out millions of dollars uh for reserve support, it's the operational support officer's job to ensure that the reservist um actually you know supports an active duty need mm-hmm. okay, so we try not to support a reserve need we try to support. A need that the active duty's paying for they're they're i mean they're the paying customer, yeah. so we have to support so um you know that's uh that's kinda that's kind of the way the reserve construct works you know um and the f t s is there to kind of facilitate that so
0: yeah, so I'm curious too like what um, cause if like we say. Reservists are there. This is kind of like a broad question, but like reservists are there to support active duty. What like what do they actually do? I think that's something that's like a mystery to a lot of active duty and just people that aren't involved with reserves. So like when they're not on active orders, like what does drilling mean? Like what do they actually do when they're coming in for whatever drill periods that you guys have?
1: Okay, that's so excellent. Excellent question. So it's a drill, you know. Yeah. Drill used to mean close order drill, you know, Marine Corps. Handbook, you know, um drilling, you know, marching kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really just kind of a loose term to uh it gets us all together mm-hmm. and ensures you can just kind of throw that overarching umbrella of mobilization readiness to it. Okay. Right. So a typical drill weekend will be. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not unlike a typical day at the office for you. Okay. Um, Putting out little forest fires. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> herding uh, or let's see a typical day on the boat. Uh, yeah. Herding cats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hate hate to say it like that, but it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> okay. All right, sailors, let's all get together. And yeah. here's the the thousand things that, that the, the NOSC says that we need to accomplish this weekend, you know? Yeah. And those are, so everything that you have to do as a sailor in the United States Navy we have to do in the reserves. Right. Okay. GMTs, EPHA, 30 days from your yeah. PHA. Okay. PRT, all that PRT, stuff. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Okay.
0: Flu How shocks? much of it's done like outside of the drill weekends? Like, cause don't you guys have to do electronic stuff to like occur points and stuff? Isn't that so a-
1: we, we uh, audit kind of automatically incur points. Okay. Okay. We get 15, uh 15 points a year just for being a reservist. Okay. Okay. It's like, hey, here's your free 15 points. Yeah. Uh kind of on the back end. Mm. We get um so each each drill weekend, each Saturday and Sunday accounts for two drill periods. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the morning time on Saturday, you know, from let's say zero seven to noon, that mm. is one drill period. Okay. And we get one point for that day and we get one day of pay for that day for that particular okay. four hour period. Okay. That Saturday afternoon we muster again and mm-hmm. we, we get mustered present and we get another point for that day Okay. for that afternoon. So, so each one physical, you know, eight, eight to 10 hour work day, we get paid for two days. And we and get, get points for two days, okay, gotcha. So each drill weekend is like we get paid for four days of active duty, yeah, okay, and it's four points
0: and what's the end game for the points like what's what are you driving towards with occurring those
1: well, that goes into this magical mystical <laughs> um, computation at the end of the of the game, mm-hmm. okay, or at retirement, yeah, uh those points uh go in they they factor into your years of service and your pay grade at retirement to equal your retirement pay.
0: Okay. At so the, age sixty, So the rate will differ depending on how many points you occur. So it's like not solely pay grade based. True. Okay. Yes. I mean, gotcha. so,
1: you know, you could be a, you could retire as an E6 and have, you know, uh, let's say 8,000 points. Mm-hmm. Okay. With, with, 28 years of service because you've you know you were just grandfathered in for something Mm. and you could end up getting paid more uh at retirement than you know a senior chief with four thousand points and 23 years of pay uh, of Hmm. service you know it's so it's it's all computational gotcha okay Uh, and nsips has a has a calculator and i think even d has a you know retirement pay calculator and of course that that all may change some with, with the, uh, blended retirement. Right. Right. You know? Okay. Um, so that's, man, that's another whole topic. God, God, I don't yeah. even, I don't need even to get <laughs> into
0: right now. I haven't, I'm not,
1: Yeah. I'm not educated on it enough. Neither am I. I, I've um,
0: done the general training, but like I'm, I'm traditional high three. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, me, me too. Me just too. for the sake of counseling my sailors, I learned a little bit about it, but
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And at this point it's like a, it's a, You know, it's really a mute topic because there's no, the optional period is over. Right. And everybody else coming in is under the new system. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's like, you know, I probably need to learn
0: more. (laughs) I need to learn more just to explain how to leverage it, I guess. But yeah, that should be, that's definitely something I should do an episode on. I think it would be, uh, yeah. And you know what?
1: There's probably someone at PERS that you could talk to. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to need an expert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you're
0: listening, hit me up.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, uh we were about six months away from and I think I was in Pearl at the time, but um the um oh gosh, there's a thing on my navy, you know, my my not navy dot where you can ask mm. questions and, and it gets sent to the right person. And uh I had this retired chief from PERS. He sent me the you know, like the uh the official email and then he called me. He said, Hey brother, listen, I just want to let you know. Um, retired chief, you know, mm-hmm. he said, um, uh, don't you in your current situation, don't do it. Yeah, absolutely not. You're too close. Yeah, you you wouldn't sure. have, I was like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, uh, yeah. a, I, wasn't I, wasn't, I wasn't planning <laughs> on it, but I kind of asked the question for, you know, just so I could have some knowledge for other people. He was like, okay, yeah. good. He's like, you need, you need to come out and do uh you know, spend a week with me and I could teach you a whole lot. So, yeah. Um, well, I need to look that guy back up and try to get out there, but yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, we talked about the reserves, um, structure. So some, I'll give you, I'll just give you some more of my, my history in the reserves. So I've done, not that I was counting or anything, but 2015, 2016, 2017, in those three years, I did 458 days in Pearl. Okay. Okay. So I did, I did, uh, th- that's, those were multiple different kinds of order sets. And, uh, let me get on down here to, uh, the different types of order sets that we have. So we talked about a drill weekend. Yeah. And those particular drill weekend days are called IDT mm. inactive duty for training. Okay. That's, that's the pot of money that, that that pay comes out of. Yeah. That comes from, you know, the reserves. Um, the types of orders that I did in Pearl for all those days, uh, was a mixture of, active duty for training. Okay. Okay, so that's our typical AT, a combination of active duty for training or ADT, and then my longest set was active duty for special work, the ADSW. Okay. And I think they've recently changed that to ADOS. Okay. Um it's uh it's more of a a joint force um I, and I I'm, I'm ashamed I don't know what it stands for right now. Uh, ADOS, <laughs> ADOS. Yeah. But um uh, the army uses that, but basically it's, um, you know, it's, it's full active duty, uh, yeah. for some kind of special something, but, but each of those comes out of a different pot of money. Mm-hmm. So AT is a, is a congressional entitlement for the reservist. Okay. Every reservist out there has, you know, two weeks worth of, of allocated money for them. Mm. And that, that comes down through the, the reserve center. You know, and they manage that um, to a point, but all that money filters through through them. So it's it's almost like for an active duty command, if you get two weeks of AT for a sailor, that's free that's free two weeks for them, okay, yeah. for the active duty. So, you know, sub pack if I went out there or I went to sub lant, uh, the submarine force Atlantic fleet or Pacific fleet or any other active duty command on on AT orders that comes through my NOSC and that active duty command does not pay for that. Right. Okay. At all. I just show up and work. Yeah. So the ADT, the active duty for training. So that comes from the supported command, that money. Okay. So, you know, your operational support officer, Mm. uh, at a group or at, you know, an, uh, Maybe the S4, S5 level, mm-hmm. okay, echelon levels would, would kind of take that up and say, Hey, um, OSO at the top commander level, I need, I need this much money for exercises going on. Yeah. And they'll allocate money. And then the active duty command, you know, pays for these reservists to come out to do X or whatever. Yeah. Active duty for special work is, is similar, uh, but it's more long term. And, yeah. and you actually bring somebody on active duty full on active duty it's crazy it's that that's uh that's a yeah. pain in the I,
0: I don't know how i'm assuming that's what the so i have i think it's 3 i think it was 4 but somebody left we have 3 chiefs at my current command that are all i think they're all reservists one of them might be fts but um but yeah it's like i don't they're it's just like how do you randomly just pick up these orders for a year or more. Like did you have a job before? Is it still <clears throat> waiting for you now? Like how does that I don't understand hey, how that all works. It's crazy. So it's funny.
1: Uh I made mm. chief in twenty thirteen. Mm. Okay. Um I went to randomly, uh, my CMC and submarine force reserve component. Mm-hmm. I was a new chief, fairly new chief, and he sends me this email, uh kind of out of the blue. And it was a request for a yeoman to go to sub pack and work in N1 during CPO redistribution. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, master chief. Okay. They want a yeoman. Why are you sending this to me? He's like, well, they've been asking for forever. And I just thought maybe you would be interested in going out there. They really prefer dolphins over yeoman, you know, really. Okay. And you fit. So I was like, "Mm, okay. So I went out there, it took a little bit to kind of get up to speed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Manning, the Manning, uh, um, civilian out there, super good guys. We, yeah. We still, I mean, we still text today. I mean, is it, um, Mumper? It is. Yeah. Yep. Good dude. John Mumper. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. um, so I got to, got to know, uh, John real well and, uh, the whole, you know, the whole N1 staff out there. Yeah. Spent a lot of time with them. They taught me a lot. So, um, Anyway, that was, uh, so they, they kind of was like, Hey, um, that 30 day set of orders turned, turned into 139 day set of orders. Okay. So I came home off that set, um, was home, went back to my civilian job after, after a couple of week kind of respite period, you know? Um, and they called back, said, Hey, could you come back out for another, you know, we'll start out with 45 days. I was like, yeah, you know, when you need me. <laughs> nice And man, right after Christmas, um, I was on a plane back to Hawaii and spent another 139 days out there. Jeez.
0: And Were you uh, doing something different or same thing? It was,
1: no, it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. So the, um, their yeoman, um, the senior chief yeoman had retired Yeah, and there wasn't, I mean, it was a gap billet. Yep. So, uh, they needed somebody to kind of sit in that, that that seat and you know i wasn't doing a whole lot but i was mm-hmm. you know i did a few uh back then uh they called them weps um yeah anyways, yeah, if you, yeah if you need you know if you need to divert a sailor yep. from one platform to another yeah you know you would there was a kind of some business rules that you would go yep. through and you know so i would i would approve some of those and kind of look at them and, and apply some common sense you know while mm. mr mumper was off taking care of whatever he was you know uh that, and that, listen, that guy, he, he, he should be a GS 15. I'm telling you, He's, <laughs> he is. Yeah. Ah, if when they, when they lose him, uh, they've lost a lot. Yeah. So anyway, just kind of, I don't really feel like I did a whole lot, you know, but the networking value for being out there was just phenomenal. For sure. Um, I bet you learned a lot. Oh gosh. Listen, I, I learned so much about Manning under him mm. and then, um, the manpower Officer at the time, Mm. uh, Miss Gail Nakaoka. Yeah. Uh, she was, she's just amazing. Uh, she taught me about manpower and I came back out there, um, in the summer of 2017 and did, you know, six months straight with them. And, um, she has since retired, but, um, but even, even learning the difference between manpower and manning was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. And how does um,
0: how does um like the so you were uh, presumably still a police officer at the time? How does that work with your employer when when they're like, hey, we want you to disappear for a hundred plus days?
1: Uh, employee support for the Guard and Reserve, so ESGR, mm-hmm. uh, and the Usara Act, the Uniform Services whatever. It, so it's a yeah, it's I, an I've, act. I've heard of it. Yeah, so it basically says that um, you know, when when a reservist goes on orders, you really can't touch them. Yeah, you can't. you can't. You can't fire them. Okay. You, know, you can't demote them. Uh, you can't move them to a uh, a job of lesser responsibility, even if it's the same pay. Yeah. You know, and I, I won't go into it here. We could talk right.
0: offline, but okay. I've I have step through some challenges with that. Yeah. Um, I, I can imagine. Employ- but, Cause I, it se- it sounds like it could be pretty unfair for the employer in a way where it's like now all of a sudden they're undermanned and now what are they going to do about it? Do they got to hire somebody? They got, you know what I mean? Like, man, it's got, uh listen, it's a it's dichotomy. Tough. Yeah, it, it it's is tough. tough,
1: you know? So uh, I'll say this, it's, it's easy to wave the flag and, and as an employer mm. uh, and say, I support veterans, you right. know, well, Okay, veterans is one thing, and we're all veterans, right? Yeah. But supporting your active guard and reserve member uh, to the fullest is it, it takes sacrifice. Yeah, for sure, it does. It, it's it's a sacrifice, and you know maybe not at the you know, at the CEO level, but definitely at the at the work center supervisor level mm-hmm. of of an organization. You know that shift uh, watch commander level it's impactful, you know, and I recognize that. Yeah. And I have in in the current position I am now, I've kind of, I have, I have kind of stepped back just a little bit with being so, um, so gung ho about, about going on some orders, you know, because, uh, I, I mean, my bench is not deep, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, three people behind me uh, to step up and take my place. You know, it's just really me and one other guy doing what I do, right. uh, Doing what we do. And, um, you know, I just don't want to do that to him or anybody else. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a little more strategic with with uh, when I go on stuff now. So, gotcha. Anyway,
0: it's uh, um, I kind of want to pivot to the talking about the chief Smith stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. So how first, first we'll just tackle like the role of the chief in a reserve unit. Like I'm I'm curious how that works and like what your role and interactions are with your sailors. <laughs> Oh gosh, well you you know so it's not much different as far as the,
1: the overall focus for the Chiefs, right? You know, we right we push the mission forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh um, it's just getting stuff done, you know, ensuring that the GMTs are done. I know right. it sounds very mundane, but <laughs> you know when the when the the Nosk Co is is um is getting breathed down his neck from. You know, the reserve component commander mm-hmm. uh, at whatever level, you know, hey, why aren't these are not these things done? You know, yeah. and they're pushing it out to the the officers in charge of these units, you know, and, and the officers in charge. Well, it's just it just all rolls downhill. So as mundane as it seems. Our goal, our mission is supporting the active active component. Right. So how do we support the active component? We, we can't even start to support the active component unless we're mobilization ready. Right. And to be mobilization ready, you got to be sure that your PHA is done. It's just plain and simple. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to make sure that you're not, you know, class four dental. Right. You know, you got to be sure that if, if, uh, you know, you broke your arm while you're doing your civilian thing, that we know about it and that you're taking steps to actively fix it you yeah. know that way we can we can make sure that you're uh you kind of come off the you're not mobilization ready that yeah. way you don't get tagged for mobilization and they spend all this money on to get you to to wherever mm-hmm. and you show up with a broken
0: arm so when we're talking about you mobilization know? ready like how do you guys because we we talked about all of the like administrative and like medical and all the readiness based stuff like how do you guys as reservists professionally develop sailors, like how do, so you, if you got that, uh, say you got an STS two at your, at your reserve center, like how is he, if he's not going to see on a submarine doing sonar tech things, how is he professionally developing and staying mobilization ready? If I said, Hey, I need an STS two. Oh my God. And I need him to come underway on USS, whatever. How, how does he stay up and proficient and stuff like that?
1: Uh, so one, there's really no good, um, <laughs> It's really kind of, we just make it happen. And I know that sounds crazy, but so just like active component, you know, we don't have a, uh, an an enlisted leadership development. Okay. Even though, Uh you know, that's been, that's being rolled out. And I, I was going to, I was actually going to get into a a class um, that was going to occur in Norfolk, you know, this month. Yeah. But of course, all this stuff kind of put the stop movement and stop that. So. (laughs) Uh, you know, seriously, listening to, to your podcast, I learned about the ELD, okay. Enlisted Leadership yeah. Development. And when I saw that the the CMC in Norfolk at the NOSC mm. was asking for volunteers to come to it, I was like, hey, bro, uh, have you filled up the slots yet? And he was mm. like, no, absolutely not. Do you want to come? Yes. Let's, yeah. you know, let's, let's <laughs> get, nobody wanted
0: to go. He yeah. had 14 slots and nobody mm. was was rogering up. And I was That's like, crazy. hey, I want to go. You know, do they not like do you guys not mandate some of that stuff? Not like the so the ELD stuff, I get some some of the stuff will be voluntary, I guess. But like at at a certain point, do they not mandate like, hey, like STS two needs to stay proficient as an STS two. We need to send him to these schools or he needs to go active duty training to a submarine base to do like a bunch of trainers and stuff. Like, is there is there stuff like that that happens too? No. Wow. So how does that work if it's a career field like that?
1: So when, when I came in, uh, as an STS two, mm-hmm. okay, uh, our ability to go on orders was much different than it is now. Okay. Okay. I could log into our, uh, in Navy, Navy reserve order writing system. Okay? okay. Now active duty, you guys just log into NSIPS, right? And generate uh, a travel, you know, um, a line item and, Um, DTS.
0: DTS, yeah. You log into DTS and,
1: and, you know, you kind of, your command authorizes you to to use this line item to to do travel and whatnot. Right. Well, we have this, this um, prereq where we, we get the orders funded. Okay. Mm -hmm. So before, I mean, because you have to be on orders before you go do the travel stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's a cart before the horse kind of thing, you know? So I thought there's no way that i'm going to make chief unless i know some of the stuff on the test mm-hmm. right so as a first class i reached out because one i want to go back to kings bay and see my friends yeah i reached out to quota control down in kings bay at ttf yeah um and was like hey i see here on uh, can track you know yeah. that there's this this sonar tech school Uh, can I, is there any way that I can get a, a seat in that class? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. You give me the seat. I'll write the orders and I'll attend. Okay. So I did that to a couple of, a couple of different sonar schools. Right. Just two weekers, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. days, two weeks, just kind of refresher stuff. Even did that for uh, back when they had the mobile training teams going around yeah. doing uh, leadership, you know, PO1 doc and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I went to some of those the same way. Okay. Um, so, but now all that's changed. Again, we've gone back to kind of better managing our our reserve money. Yeah, Everything yeah. has to support the active duty. Okay. But that certainly there, there's a schools aspect of that. Okay. So to get out there, you know, it it really is on the. Not really on the sailor, but you know, I encourage our our sonar techs, STSs specifically, to go to an active duty command. Hey, For get sure. out to CTF thirty four and yeah. do do rem pack. And oh, mm. by the way, while you're out there, go go find you know the lead sonar tech of sub or somebody. Mm. Hunt hunt them down and find them and see if they'll let you into the reading room or something, get you on SuperNet and and learn something, you know, go talk to SSEP or some of those guys over there and, and just network and things will come to you. You know, like
0: as you explain all this, this sounds like it's all on the sailor to go effectively above and beyond. Like this all sounds like extra stuff that a normal active component sailor would do to advance and be, be the best, whatever rate they are uh, by seeking those things out. But like, For you guys, it's like I theoretically I would think that the mission being to support the active component that I should be able to say, hey, you know, active reserve unit, whatever, mobilize. And I need these people here doing this thing right now. And it's like if I get a a sonar tech that doesn't know how to sonar tech, that's not mobilization ready, right? Like theoretically on paper. So so.
1: uh, theoretically now, uh, realistically, I will never go back to sea on a submarine as a sonar tech.
0: Ever well, then what do they have your billets okay. for in the reserve component? I, like, well, I don't know. I don't. Maybe I'm just. I don't know so if I'm the, fully understanding it. You know, the the
1: overarching. You look kind of. Let's blow up to the thirty thousand foot view of, yeah. of why there are you know submarine rates in the reserve. And yeah. when I came in and up until twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, until very recently, uh, the submarine sonar technician was the only the only submarine rate in the reserves.
0: That's so weird.
1: Okay. And we, we have myself and about five others have really leaned forward. Okay. And pushed, uh, the creation of FTS are are now online. Okay. You know, we've got ETRs, ETVs, MMWs, MMAs. Okay. Uh, we've got all of those in the, in the, the reserves. Right. I keep, I keep very good, uh, kind of a finger on the pulse of what's going on with, the uh, rate changes. So, you know, I was, uh, I hate to say I, but, uh, we, I'll say we, mm-hmm. we were very, uh, forward leaning on ensuring that when the ETR ITS merger was coming on, yeah. that the reserves were absolutely included in that. Yeah. And they were. Good. Um, so the, the reason though that we have them is because we do theater ASW. Okay. Okay. Theater anti-submarine warfare at the at the watch floor level. So CTF thirty four. Okay. Okay. Anti-submarine warfare, Mm -hmm. and I'm you know I don't want to get into anything anywhere close to classified, but you know you can you can take those words theater at the theater level. So you know Pacific theater, you know Mediterranean theater, Atlantic theater, um, all those you know um, Japan, you know. Uh, Bahrain, those different theaters we do anti submarine warfare, so okay. got something going on? you need a submarine to go somewhere? We are the ones um kind of you know big picture we're the ones that our our watch team would uh coordinate those efforts uh through you know the those who have administrative and tactical control of the of the platform okay so we we interact a lot with the aviation commands. You know, surface, surf four, us, uh, you know, surface forces and of course, submarine forces. So if, if we need assets move to, you know, whatever certain area, we make sure that, you know, everybody's safe and, and, uh, we kind of push those assets into those areas. So, okay. uh, when a submarine pops up to PD and, and uh, wants to talk, typically, you know, in, in certain times, they're talking to, to a reservist.
0: Okay. Absolutely. So. Okay. So it's not, but still like, I guess the going back to the professional development piece is there, is that just a challenge you guys are working on as far as it like is. addressing, okay. How it those guys maintain. It is absolutely a challenge.
1: And so, you know, knowledge. when, when I made chief, I kind of, I started looking at, um, I kind of started looking at, at the sonar tech community. Okay. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow, we're small. Like there are 45 of us. Mm-hmm. Forty five of us total E1 to E9, 45. And we don't even have any e ones. So it's E uh, E4 through E9, mm. roughly 45. So, um, I'm like, okay, we're small enough to all be in comms with each other. Right. So, I and that's, man, that's been a struggle too. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it's constantly running the fleet temps report and seeing who's, who's who in the zoo, who, yeah. who's new who's dropped off, you know, uh how can I help this sailor uh be, you know, prof uh professionally developing their career? Mm-hmm. You know, and follow their their, you know, their career path. Because the career path at one time, you know, when I made chief, the career path uh on the chief's board, they use the active duty career path. Yeah. So it's like, how did I make chief? I don't know. You know, God, that <laughs> yeah. blessing, a, a, an absolute blessing from God. That's how I made Chief. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's the way I see it. So, yeah, professional development, we, we try, um, me and a, a Master Chief buddy of mine, it's really his thing. He kind of, he kind of started it, but, um, in the Submarine Force Reserve component, uh, portion of the reserves, uh, we have this thing called the enlisted training symposium and once a quarter, uh, we, we get funding mm. and we, uh, we bring folks to Groton
2: and oh, we nice. have about,
1: about 21 seats and, uh, there's four or five instructors and we teach basic, uh, theater anti submarine warfare. Like here's what you need to know to be successful on your annual training. Yeah, when you go that's cool. to, the CTF 69 out in Italy or when you go to now it's not all encompassing right but here's the, here's the bare bones Yeah. you know if you don't something. know what a submarine is here's what it is <laughs> you know yeah um and you'd be surprised at the non-submariners who were in the course yeah that's cool but but it's uh it's over the last couple of years it's become less of a fight but it's mm. still a kind of a it's a constant struggle to kind of maintain that, you know, if, right. if we ever let it go, it's gone. Yeah, man. You know, I and it imagine. is totally, you know, we have some officers who, who are kind of in our wheelhouse and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and as much as we as chiefs like to think we can, we can make policy and, and, uh, authorize funding. We can't, you know, we yeah. just don't have the authority to do that. Uh, so it, it takes some, you know some officers that we have that that kind of help us out and fight for us and um, get us the money to to send all these people to Groton, but um, you know we've we've been pretty successful at getting folks there every time. So that's cool. It's good to and, know there's and,
0: some functionality there.
1: And you know that's not even the uh, the like leadership professional development. That's right. more just like just uh, in rate, yeah. Not look not looking like an idiot when you show up on active duty, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, but, but as far as like professional leadership development, Mm. we use, uh, your typical, you know, PON doc, you know, you can't, you can't frock somebody until they, they put the check in the box, you know? Right. Um, now we really try to not do it tongue in cheek, Mm -hmm. you know, it may be compressed Yeah, just because of the. The time yeah, crunch that that's we have.
0: Typical, you, I think. Maybe you don't want to hold yeah. something.
1: You know, you've got, so you've got a, a drill weekend, okay? And typically, you know, you're, uh, it's never, I don't know if it's designed this way, but you know, you'll have results come out on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you got a drill weekend coming up. Yeah. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't, right? Right. So you really don't want to make the sailor wait another month to put on their new rate or their new, their new pay grade, you know, it's so you spend all day Saturday and most of the day Sunday and you push through, you know, and you kind of cut out the, cut the fat off and and here's what's really needed, you know? Mm. Uh, so is it, you
0: know, is it the best that you could do? Probably not, but is, is it enough? So are you, you guys know. still subject to that? Because like the I don't I don't remember if the NAV admin that came out for ELD encompassed active comp- or uh, reserve component as well as active. But it said it basically the NAV admin said that uh, it's no longer a requirement for frocking until the ELD and NLIC stuff is fully stood up, and then they'll address how it's going to be a, how it's going to be completed as a requirement for advancement. Um, well.
1: So full so the, disclosure, I'd have to go back and look at that.
0: Okay, I was going to say I wasn't yeah. sure if it if it did or if you guys are still under the old construct or what, but
1: I'm not exactly sure how we're we're doing business right gotcha. now. Okay, okay, I know just historically, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the way that it's happened. You know, yeah, I
0: mean it's I'd, it's the way that it happens at active units too because the operational demands it's like it's never a priority, so it's always struggle city to get even just the time and let alone the buy in and. Uh, and stuff from the people giving it and the people receiving it, because everybody's got ten million things to do. So, what I want to talk about the like it's something you and I have talked about briefly before, but the differences between so like a, a functioning reserve chief's mess and then you spent a bunch of time at, in an active component chief's mess. So, like, what are what are some of the differences uh, that you've seen and some of the struggles?
1: Struggles, well, they're just so. Di- I mean, I say they're so different. You know, mm-hmm. um, we've got a, we've got a telegram group for our, our mess in Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, and man, man, we're in there just kind of all the time. I mean, all just the like time. like memes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just, uh, kind of <laughs> joking around. The, yeah. Oh God, it's great. So, you know, but there's serious stuff that goes on. I mean, yeah. we just try to stay in comms all the time. Even, right. even those who have transferred on, we keep them yeah. in there, you know, that's good. Uh, there's, there's no sense diminishing that, that network, you know, for sure. Um, So new, new folks come in, we add them on and, uh, they can, we, we make new chiefs right after, right after, uh, acceptance, man, we'll add them into the group and, and then they can see all the smack we were talking about them while (laughs)
0: they're during the season. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it's,
1: (laughs) and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. So, yeah, I think, I think, uh, so when I went to sub pack, it's, it's so big Mm. and, and I say that, but of course, you know, sub pack. Is not really that big. I mean, you think that it's big, but minus if you take all the boats and NSSC out of it, and and the groups and stuff, you take all of them out of it, right? Sub pack chiefs mass is, is is a manageable level. There's there's not very many. Uh, of course, everybody in there is super senior. You know, yeah. Uh, very few chiefs. Most of them are senior chiefs, master chiefs, and if they're not, they will be. You know, right. Uh, because they're at that level, um, mm-hmm. uh, staff level. So it, it seems like, uh a lot of the things are the same, you know, you guys aren't doing enough, you know, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the only difference would be we don't seem to have the, we understand that our Navy job is secondary to everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when you're on active duty, well, that is your job, yeah, you know, so now your your chief stuff may be you know secondary, like uh, so when I was out there, I was out there for a couple of seasons, you know chief yeah. chief seasons, and uh um, again, I was sitting one deep, so i my my thought was, hey, active duty component is paying me to be here and do this job, they're not yeah. paying me to go up there to the chiefs mass and Uh, trade coins and and buy t-shirts and go do all that
0: stuff. I would contend that they're never paying you to do all that stuff. They're
1: not, (laughs) but I would also contend that that's a, that's a very important part of not the, not the physical side of all that stuff, but the networking side of all that stuff is, is pretty important, you know, but I would oftentimes not go to those things just Mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't want, I don't want, whoever to turn around and say, Hey, where's senior chief? Oh, Oh, he's okay. All right. He's up there at the, okay. All right. Mental note. Let's not bring him back. You know, uh, I didn't want that. So, uh, but I, I still, I kind of balanced it, but in the, in the reserve world, you know, we get together on Saturday mornings, Mm. um, and spend most of the day inside the chief's mess. You know, we have, we have our own space. Mm. Um, of course we're not just in there, all the time. Right. Uh, you know, away from everybody, just letting the, the ship run without any guidance. You know, yeah. we're out and about. I mean, sailors are constantly coming and going. We're mm-hmm. constantly doing, you know, career development boards, um, eval debriefs, constantly writing evals. Okay. So that's one big difference. Uh, we we are constantly writing an eval because Why? you get it. Well, you get a sailor see on active duty. You've got set rotations. Yeah. This dude's PRD coming up. We got to get his eval, the draft done. It's got to be to the front office, you know, 60 days before he leaves and 30 days before he signs it and all this stuff, you know, and, and there's these time crunches. Well, when you, when you're in the reserve world, you, you might get a new, a new guy off active duty or a new, uh, brand new sailor coming in, you know, E3. Uh, oh, by the way, hey, he's taking the exam tomorrow and he doesn't have an eval. We've yeah. got to have something to do a performance part. Yep, yep. We've got a a, his worksheet. We've got to fix that. So you, you need to write an eval on him. Well, yeah. He's been here for three days or, oh, hey, uh, so-and-so just transferred to, you know, Atlanta or yeah. they moved, physically moved to, you know, Idaho and they transferred out there. So we need to transfer eval on him
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, so it, it's a constant, churn. Um, it's a constant churn. Sometimes they just move units in the same reserve center and it's a change. It's a change. Yeah. So, so you got to do a, an eval.
2: Yeah. You got to <laughs> wow. have an eval. Okay.
1: And it's like, oh my God, you got yeah. evals again, you know? Yeah. Um. And, oh, by the way, um, you've got 70 people in this unit, but you only have to do evals on, you know, let's say a third of them because the other you know the other two thirds of them belong to an active duty component who are writing their evals.
2: Yeah. Huh. And you know, interesting. and so you
1: get man, you get real good at at concurrent reports. Yeah, um, all
0: the weird ones, all the special all circumstances. Stuff, you know, the
1: special the special evals and the it's just it gets um you really got to stay on top of it. So yeah, you know that's that's one aspect, um, one difference we don't see our sailors. Every yeah, day we talked about sure that we talked earlier. About we that, don't see yeah. our sailors on a daily basis, so you know it's um ah it's just it's uh it's difficult. It's just yeah, difficult. It's
0: interesting. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> hard. I it's hard, to you guys.
0: Um, yeah. You guys. So, like, you as a Sonar Tech senior chief on submarines, probably are a chief for like a million different. Jobs, right? Like a million different rates, just because of the scale and all the variety. Like, there's probably not a chief for every division, kind of thing.
3: Uh, or is it no. like, are you like I the mean,
0: weapons guy, or like the UGA guys, just get in where you fit in? You just kind of
1: get in where you fit in. Yeah, and just you like know fill at, the gap. It's like at, at you know at, at this level. Mm. um Yeah, I'm a I'm an STS You know, okay, cool. But I'm really. Just senior chief. Just senior chief. Yeah. Okay. I, that's kind of what chief. I figured. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what my, I mean, to me, I love my rate. Don't get me right. wrong. But, but in the push the rate aside, it's like, okay, I I still have to, I still have to help, you know, this sailor, uh, be successful. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with sonar teching, you know? Right. Sure. It's got everything to do with just being a good solid chief, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's, I, I think. I guess we can focus more on the sailor aspect of it. Of course, I w- I've never been a chief at sea. Okay, so uh, I would love to have been a chief at sea. Yeah. Uh, but there's parts of me that that scares me to death. <laughs> uh, the thought. I never wanted to be a sonar chief ever mm-hmm. uh, because okay. I saw what my sonar chief did. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my god,
0: I never want yeah. to
1: have that that stress. You know? The safety
0: of shift ship aspect Ooh. for me was always terrifying because like when they let me stand diving off to the watch three section i was freaking terrified on a regular basis that i was going to screw something up and endanger the lives of my friends um and it was just like i'd i'd freaking check be checking the night orders for like the evolutions and then i'd be like based on what we were going to do that watch like trying to like study up and ask questions and talk to some guys like so i'd spend a lot of my off watch like preparing for the next watch because I was so scared. I was going to screw it up, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, which is probably why I ended up being pretty good at it. But like, it was, I would sit up like awake in my rack sometimes stressing out about like an upcoming drill set or whatever, where we're going to like exercise the capability of the submarine. And I'm like inexperienced or just terrified, man, that even if it's something I've done a bunch of times, it's like, I'm still like nervous. I'm going to, I'm going to screw that up. So I can only imagine what it's like to be a sonar chief, man. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah,
1: I couldn't imagine. Uh, so yeah, um, so my time at sub um, I thought, you know, if if I, because I I would ask the uh, the manning guys like, hey, John, you know, what would you do? What would happen to me if I decided to come back on active duty? Like yeah. if I could pull strings with a community manager, and you know, come back in, he's like, well, you'd probably go to, you know, Sonar Tech LPO school, and then you'd go needs of the Navy. Yeah. You'd go back to see, And I thought,
2: holy cow. Good luck. And I,
1: <laughs> and, I and, and I, knew. So, you know, having been out of the community, coming back in, if that were to occur, I would be so far behind the power curve.
3: I would you know? think
0: you'd be ahead of it for Command Senior Chief or something like that, though. Like, because of all the things you've done with, like, the manning and the manpower management and the, like, all the eval stuff. And you've been exposed to a ton of uh, different, like, scenarios and just managing people and sailors, like, you'd probably be uniquely suited to that.
1: If, so, if, you know, if I went back mm-hmm. and did that and they maybe put me in a NOSC. Yeah. Or at some,
0: but, man, you don't know. You don't know where you're going. Yeah. So, are you are you able to do that in the reserves, Commander Senior Chief? Is that open to oh, you guys? Yeah. I thought it just yeah. came out, didn't it?
1: Well, it, so it's been a thing for okay. a while, but... Yeah. So, the difference with, uh used to, the difference was that once a reservist or a full-time support senior chief or master chief was accepted into that command senior chief or command master chief program. Yeah. Okay. They were only titled as command senior chief or command master chief when
0: they're sitting in the seat. Yeah. Okay. And that, but now it's a rating conversion thing. Now it is a full rating conversion. That was that, recent. That was this this calendar year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was or this business year. Rather, I remember seeing the message coming up.
1: Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, you know, our force master chief really kind of pushed. It's cool. It's um, good. It, so it is. It, it's it's really good because but. it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. There's. I mean. There, well. I mean. There's is a, there a third side <laughs> Yeah. There is a but. I mean, everything has. Everything has a pro and a con, Right. okay? The pro is you now, you know, that, that Command Master Chief no longer counts against his source rating for inventory.
0: Right, Gordon. right. It Which frees I've up. I've kinda... always been really frustrated by the Cobb community not doing that because same thing, like, you can't, it's impossible to make, that's not impossible, it's pretty close, though, for me to yeah. make Master Chief in rate. And then even if I, I say that, in rate, meaning, like, as a COB, I'm in rate still, so they don't. Mm-hmm. I never come off the books. So, I'm I, there's a bunch of CSS Master Chiefs floating around that are not COBs that are the they're filling the quotas, right? But they're still in the Navy right. and they're still doing in rate <clears throat> things. So it's like even if I went to sea tomorrow with a cookie on my chest, it would be extraordinarily difficult for me to make Master Chief, and I might not by the end of that successful, presumably successful tour. So that's like I I never understood the management of that stuff.
1: Well, see, active duty sonar techs are the same way yeah. because you get a, uh, I mean, a hot running senior chief sonar tech Cobb, yep. right?
0: All the Atkins he, When and he stuff. goes up
1: for master chief, he's 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 a competing against those Atkins guys, yep. you know? Yep. I've and, heard from
0: my buddy uh, express some frustrations about that, how those yeah, are so, divided up and stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you it's know, it's, uh, anyway, we, we, uh, it's, it's, um, I, I could do that, you know? I think
0: you'd be good at it, man. For whatever I, that, so, for, for however much that counts.
1: <laughs> so I tell you, um, I had uh he was a senior, he was a chief at the time. Mm-hmm. um So you know, sub pack has a a doc, you know, master chief, yeah, yeah. And then so the chief. So I guess there's, I don't, I get, I don't think he was like the sub pack doc, but yeah. he was the, like the chief, you know. So gotcha, um, good dude. Don't want to mention his name, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. I mean, he and I got along really well. Yeah, and um. As I did with all the other Chiefs, but but he and I really got along well. And um, he was like, because he and I had much the same conversation. I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I want to go back. He's like, brother, he said, I think you would do great. He said, you got to remember, you're not doing everything. You know, you, you would have seasoned first classes, senior first classes in the yeah, shack but- doing all this stuff. And, and
0: they could bring you up to speed. You know? I mean, I'm and I think you'd get there eventually, but there is yeah. some I watched my sonar senior chief who was extremely mm. intelligent and experienced on BNs and he was expected to be like this encyclopedia of operational sonar knowledge for yeah. my CO. And I feel like because he was a weapons department chief too, it was like, man, he was in ops briefs like they expected him to be able to provide like guidance to the commanding officer on operational planning uh, mm. in in it's like all kinds of stuff in relation to sonar, but other stuff, mm. too. And It's just like, I don't know, man, like I'm sure you get there eventually because you're an intelligent dude. And like you said, you've got people to lean on. But it's like you'd be having conversations with your CO, and you wouldn't have answers and he would get really frustrated and it wouldn't be pleasant. So I don't know yeah. that. I don't know yeah. that that piece is I think uh, command senior chief route would you be uniquely suited for for sure I, I don't know how how you would catch up after that long away man that's nuts. yeah it,
1: it would be so it would be very difficult and yeah. of course that's one reason why you know um, I'm still still doing this uh, civilian thing so right uh plus as I look at it you know i've i've uh, I've accumulated at this point like nine years of active duty mm-hmm. so if I came back on active duty today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I would, I would have, you know, eleven years before I could retire. Yeah, with active pay. That's crazy. Pay. You know, so I would be over thirty-one years for pay. Yeah. At twenty years re- for retirement. So. Right. Uh, I yeah, I just don't have the. I don't know. I, yeah. No, it's I not. Really. A,
0: it's not. Anyway,
1: yeah. it doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. Plus, I probably couldn't come back in as a senior chief.
2: Ew. Yeah, they would no, probably,
1: you know. I mean, it's it's a quota thing, you know. Yeah, They've, you've I only got it. so many uh, statutorily. You've only you only have so many chiefs, you know. So
2: yeah,
1: um, senior chiefs, master chiefs, and so they're probably I'd probably get bumped down a pay grade, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, but, no way. You know, I mean, eh, not that not that I live on my being yeah, senior chief, but I who wants it. to give it up, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so you know. Uh, the the Chiefs messes, man. They're they're uh, when I was out there for those seasons, mm-hmm. there were uh, you know the force at the time. I think somebody mentioned um, retirees. Yeah, and uh, he was. Uh, I he never. I don't think he ever said no. Retirees mm-hmm. can't be involved, but I mean, it was
0: like
3: uh, the MCPon's no. guidance
0: encourages it. So I don't you know. know. I, that's always been something I, I never really understood why it wasn't leveraged more. Well, I'll tell you what. If it weren't for our retirees, we'd be hurting. Yeah. So I was going to ask, like, how do you guys run the season in the reserve community? Like, I mean, obviously, there's going to be things that you're not going to be specific about, but like, it's structurally, like, how do you, do you guys, is it considered training or like, how do you guys execute? That? It is. It is. It's considered training. Do you link uh, up think, with like an active unit at all, or do you? It just varies, or how does that work? Nah. So, um, I, different places do
1: it differently. Okay. Obviously. So right. when, when I, uh, when I made chief, we linked up with NRD Nashville. Okay. Mm, okay. And let's see, NOSC Nashville, the NRD, Nosk Chattanooga, and Nosk Knoxville all came together for the final week in Nashville. Okay. 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 At the reserve center up there. <laughs> and we all got put on, you know, uh, like, Active duty for training orders, you know, there was the, mm. uh, the reserve force allocated money for okay. the, for the, the selectee and their sponsor to go on orders. Gotcha. For this okay. final week. Okay. That's cool. And so, you know, the build up over those, those several weeks. And of course, my, my particular season was a very short season. I'm telling you, from the time the results came out. Until pinning was literally about four weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, okay. and it may have been less. I'd have to go back and look at the count, but it was very yeah. short. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the board was delayed. Results were delayed. Uh, okay. So, you not know. normal. It was just because. No, of, it was not yeah, normal. Delays,
0: and gotcha. our, our Is that our the results, hurricane in Millington or whatever where it flooded? Is that that year? Uh, it was 2013. Remember? It may have been.
1: Okay. There it, was one year I remember been. that
0: they were all super delayed because of that.
1: Yeah. So. But, you know, even historically, the, the FTS and reserve results come out about three weeks before the active component results come out. Right. So we don't wait. Uh, our boards are separate, you know, and, and they just mm-hmm. kind of go through their normal process. Yeah. And the results come out. And then, you know, the, the active duty board had, had occurred and then it comes out. So um, we typically don't wait. We start right away. We don't wait yeah. on any active yeah. component. Other places are different. Okay, right. I think sub might have been different. Naverage in Hawaii might have been a little different.
0: Like for if some they of those were commands. if they were attached to like an if active they were, component command, they would yes. make them wait. Okay, if that they make, were attached to the active command,
1: they would make them wait.
0: Integration you know? and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, w- you know, when I my season was short, but um, the way we do it is it's mandated that every training event that everyone is on some kind of order set. Right. Okay. And we have, uh, we have various ways that we can do that. You know, non pays. We, we have uh, additional training periods that we can put in. So we're covered under UCMJ. We're covered under, you know, line of duty injuries kind of stuff. Um, and we're just, we're, we're protected in that sense. Okay. And again, Title 10 says, unless you're on some kind of orders, you're not an employee of the United States. Right. So it's all based kinda on. Kind of has that. to
0: be. Yeah. Okay. Kind of has that to be. M- makes sense.
1: So, um, we, we would go through some, um, you know, we would develop, um, topics every, you know, for every training period. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we would just kind of how everybody else does it. Either we would give the training, or the selectees would give the training and then we, we would critique the training, you know? Um, but what I, of course, it's small. It's much smaller unit level. I mean, cause my NOSC, you know, we might have one or two selects. Yeah. And there's like, you know, six or eight, um, you know, chiefs, senior chiefs, master chiefs and retirees, maybe mm-hmm. 10, 12 come together and, and yeah. to train a couple of people, you know? So. Um, but man listen it's it's uh I feel like maybe the maturity level of the reserve side may be a little better than um that's not overall, but right, you know we've just got i mean you know um our retirees man, you know they they've got jobs, we've all got jobs, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, we can't just go out here and, and, and do the, the old horseplay and stuff. And, and there's, there's a certain level of that. Uh, I say horseplay, but you know, everything we we really do try to make sure that everything does have a valid point to it. Yeah. You know,
0: training objective.
1: It it does. And I mean, you may not see it now, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, how it is. As time goes on, you're like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now.
2: (laughs) Oh Yeah.
1: And man, there's even stuff that I learned now, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, okay. Of course I don't always verbalize that, but it's like, Oh dang. Yeah. The little light went off in my head, you know? So, um, you know, we, we, um, there's, there's a healthy dose of, of training during training, but I've always been the kind of guy or tried to be the kind of guy and the kind of chief who once training is over, it's time to go back and, and say, Hey, you know, Put my arm around that individual and say, yeah. "Hey, yep. listen, kind of, you know, here's kind of the reason why this is. Yep. Uh, maybe not tell them everything, but that's are you okay? I, yeah, that's how is everything I am, good.
0: <laughs> you know, I get a lot of grief uh, for being a hugger, but that, I do a lot of that. Yeah,
1: me too. To yeah. a point, because I really want to be sure that people are right. okay mentally.
0: Yeah, and you know? I want to make sure the training." objective like was accomplished too i want to make sure the point got across and like sometimes when it you get caught up in the moment it's like yeah we know what the training objective is and we're driving towards it but when you get caught up it's like you stray a little bit and and did we actually drive that point home or are they just saying "I I" and moving on with life and like just sitting there and taking the (laughs) shellacking until they can walk away and then they're just sitting there like i don't know what they want from me which happens
1: it's like, it's like, man, it's like training. So I always tell new, uh, new selectees, it's like, listen, I know this stuff that you're training me on, you know, don't train us like we're E4s. Right. We need chief level training. Right. You know? And well, what do you mean by that? Well, we're not E4s, you know, so give I, us I, some... I
0: know how to fill out an enlisted evaluation, so teach yeah. me something. So. Give us something. Share good. me your it's experiences. Like, you know,
1: like, yeah. and the reason is because someday you're going to be in front of the old man, mm-hmm. and the co is not an e four, right? You know, the o six is not an e four, and you don't need to, to to give him information like like he's an e four. Yeah. So you know, learn here in a safe training environment where we're all going to hug and shake hands afterwards, and go home and and to our wives and kids, and you know, learn here. And don't learn the hard way, you know. Um, so now when I was, when I was out in, uh, in Pearl, mm. I made, I made, I try to make good use of my time, um, because I was out there at strategic points, you know, the, the reserve results came out. So I went over to the reserve center. Yeah. And I got to know some of those guys, nice. you know. And then the active duty results came out and well, I would go up and get to know some of those guys. Yeah. Even though, even though it was easier to get to know the reservist because we have, we're common, you know, we have commonalities, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was able to see the differences between how, you know, the region ran their, uh, their show and how the submarine world ran their show. Yeah. And I was, um, I was taken aback, you know, I thought, (laughs) listen, I thought the submarine season was going to be, you know, full speed ahead, you Mm -hmm. know, um, all ahead full, you know, and it was not really, I mean, it was, it was, um, um, I'm not saying it was bad at all by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that it was, it was very well thought out, Uh you know, uh, in much the submarine fashion, you know, yeah, um, yeah, everything had a. I mean, it was very well planned. You know, the events were were well communicated in advance. Any changes to the to the plan were well communicated within the mess. You know, it was it was no shenanigans. No, I mean, yeah, it it was it was like holy cow! I did not expect this from submarine command, right? But wow, that's kind <laughs> of impressive, you know. And it was. To a point it was like, eh, these ah i I would expect a little bit more, you yeah, know, yeah, uh, some more antics or right uh some more you know jovial horseplay kind of stuff, you know, but it was very almost scared,
0: you know, yeah, and that that happens a lot more where um you know the c m c level or command s e l is the one accountable for it, and right they're I don't know if scared's the right word, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely some apprehension. And like just caution built into it, where it's like they're just recognizing the points where this could go terribly wrong. And yeah. sometimes err on the side of caution is so hard that you lose some training value for sure. Yeah. Now, um,
1: Hawaii, you know, uh, you had, of course, you had, you know, a fleet was, uh, pretty, pretty involved out there, you know, nice. the fleet master chief. Um, and, um, uh, it was I was like, holy cow this is this is full speed ahead, you know yeah. this is interesting. I've never seen anything like this. That's cool. um uh, it was an opening experience, you know, but just to see the differences mm-hmm. between the two active duty commands on on the same island, yeah, it was like how this is okay, it, very yeah. interesting hm um, and then to come back to you know a reserve command and um you know i mean it's it's evolved, so just to kind of get back to the point we our our time in nashville um uh about 3 years ago we um so we shifted we no longer go to nashville we go to uh, we go to uh, Tennessee National Guard uh place in actually it's in north georgia and uh they have a base down there that's that's uh, not used very often i mean they you know the army has their their needs for it but We schedule it and, um, let's see, we have, I think four or five other reserve centers who on that final week, we come together and, um, you know, everybody sleeps there for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, they've got, um, and they've got hundreds of acres of fields and woods, you know? Yeah, Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just a really good time. So, uh, you get to meet a lot of, uh, you know, get to meet a lot of, uh, Uh, Other chiefs from other areas, other reserve centers, you know, a whole lot of retirees who come together. And uh, I'm I'm telling you, um, on the reserve side of the house. If it weren't for our retirees, then yeah. we would be would be hurting. Man, I
0: wish – yeah, and I wish that got, that resource got leveraged more for the season in particular. But even like Sailor 360 stuff, man, like I uh, – as far as like most commands seem to not have robust programs. I, I could be wrong about that. But the ones I've seen, it's like – it's the same thing. It's like people don't have time for all the extra stuff. But I feel like even like Enlick with like the ELD courses – there are retired CMCs and Cobs yes. and just like senior chiefs and chiefs that just have all of this wisdom and experience to share and are willing to do it. And I like whether they're employed or volunteering or whatever, like I had a retired Cobb. He was a CMC that um, he did three Cobb tours and a CMC tour on shore. Great, dude. Um, he was my Cobb when I made chief. And I was running the, uh, it was then CPO 365 uh, on my last boat when I first got there. We we're in the OCAB and I had time and I was like, I want to do some training and actually bring in a guest to talk to them so they're not just listening to me all the time. And I got him to come in, man. And he was just like, he was so excited to be like back in the ring. You know what I mean? Like he got right. to like dispense wisdom and mentor sailors and just be in there talking to them. Like he was Cobb again. And it was just like, I didn't make it down the stairs before he thanked me half a dozen times for like inviting him and, and bringing him in to, to do that. And, um, man, like, and it was incredible. Like I was sitting there like leaning forward in my chair, like listening to him talk because that's the type of duty he is. And that's why I wanted him to come in and do it. And, uh, yeah, and there are so many of those people out there, and it's just like this untapped reserve of like knowledge, experience, just wisdom that I don't, I just don't think we leverage it enough.
1: I, I agree. Of course, you know, I'll, I'll caveat that with you have to be careful because you have to really be sure that they, um, they observe how things are now. Before they really get actively involved, because, yeah, for
0: sure. You, you know, you don't want to a, because a, a, a it used to be different. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you don't want some.
1: You know, you don't want um, any of those old things to come back to haunt us. You know, um, so. But most of our retirees, they've um, you know they've retired and they've they've came back every year, and uh, again they well hey th- these guys a lot of them are, are actually retired so they make some money. And they'll peel those $20 bills off it for uh, sure. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> a lot easier than I can, you know, so, uh, which is, it's kind of nice. So, um, so, and uh, you know, the, so that's, that's one huge difference is, uh, our ability to, to leverage our retirees. And really we have to, so, yeah. um, and I, I made some notes on, on the, so level of knowledge. Uh, let me, let me hit that just real quick. So sure. level of knowledge, you know, we, we've talked about that a time or two but um you you guys on active duty do things on a daily basis you know, and those programs that the c m c owns mm-hmm. um that that they kind of do you know our our Nosk s e l uh the command chief command steering chief yeah. command Sergeant chief whoever they they kind of they take care of all that stuff you know they they push the the motorcycle courses and and uh in fast or or whatever those 30 something programs that they own, they, they kind of handle those and push out what they need to push out. And, you know, we respond, but it's like, um, the, the daily touching of that program, uh, for me as Mm. a reserve senior chief does not happen, you know? So when, when I show up to an active duty component, um, Chiefs Mass, it's like, oh gosh, I I do. I feel um I kind of feel like a like I have a huge um huge lack of knowledge, you know. Uh but of course, I know a whole lot of, about reserve stuff that they don't know, but but again, you're not required to know that stuff. Yeah. You know? It would be good if you did, but you're not required to to know that stuff when I'm required to know that stuff plus your stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, man. That's yeah. It seems like there's um, just a lot of weird challenges that you guys <laughs> kind of just kind of figure out a way to overcome on your own.
1: There is. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we, um, uh, I guess the, the more senior I've gotten kind of the closer to the top, you know, I am, uh, being able to, you know, uh, kind of talk directly to, to, to my CMC. In the submarine force, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of being really w- only one, uh, one circle out from the force master chief, you know, cause I can, I can go through my CMC and he's, he's on the, the, the forces kind of leadership committee, you know? Yeah. And then our force is on the MC ponds, um, leadership, leadership mess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's kinda we're we're not too far um removed from uh from the higher order of of um all things navy so it's yeah. it's kinda nice you know i could um get things done on on the reserve side now, especially that you know obviously I couldn't get done um as a first class but yeah um force force coats he uh he's really forward leaning um He's uh, a, <clears throat> he's a, uh, he's a doc, you know, HM yeah. cop, uh, FMF. So he's, mm. he's used to that, that green side working with the Marines a yeah. lot, uh, high up tempo, but yet he, I, I tell you what, um, uh, really impresses me about him is he can speak at, at the, um, uh, he just speaks at a level that you could put, you could put, uh, captains eagles on his ank on his collars, and you wouldn't know the difference. Oh, okay. I mean, he, he just speaks at such a high, uh, strategic level. Yeah. Yet he can, he can certainly adapt it to, you know, right. <laughs> uh, my thick brain, you know, uh, yeah, he just has a lower he, reading level. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. He's, he's just, um, uh, he, he's an amazing guy. Um, That's cool, man. yeah, he's done a lot for the, for the cell res. So. Um. Uh,
0: what else haven't we hit yet, man?
1: Let's see here. Uh, oh, um. Uh, so one thing, you know, one thing that we have to deal with, mm. um, that you guys probably don't have to deal with, yeah, is dealing with high level civilians who are low performing cell res. Hmm. You okay? got yeah,
0: like a general I do example. Have an example okay i was I do say, how does that and work?
1: And so this 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 individual has long since retired okay, okay? but when i was a, a junior mid-level first class mm-hmm. uh we had this guy who he he never really did much of anything around mm-hmm. the reserve center you know and in talking to him though i learned that he was a middle school principal okay out out west okay And was working on his PhD or his ED, MED. Okay. So his, basically his doctorate in the education world. Yeah. Okay. And that, that sailor got his doctorate on drill weekends. Okay. And never once, um, never once used those, those skills to teach or lead or anything.
0: Yeah, what do you mean he got it on drill weekends?
1: Drill weekends instead of instead of doing um, GMTs and, yeah. and stuff like that, you know, he was just sitting I mean, in school work. He'd get those done, but but yeah, you know, he was oh, sitting wow. there doing school work, you know, um, I, you know, so that's that's one example.
0: Um, yeah, well, how how are those dealt with? Like what do you, oh. is it just treated like a normal underperforming sailor? I would, I mean, I would well, assume so, so
1: but. <laughs> okay. So here's another, so that leads into another, uh, uh, difference. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have an underperforming sailor yeah, on, uh, let's say something happens, um, on Wednesday, right. Right. You can deal with it on Thursday Yeah. and true. then follow up with it Friday. Okay. Yeah. And then. And then, oh, maybe something happens on Saturday and you get to deal with all of those on Monday. Mm. Okay. So you've got four or five days there of touch points. Okay. That you can deal with an issue or a couple of issues. Mm. And you can constantly monitor that sailor after a formal counseling right. when it gets to that point and see if they're holding up their end of the bargain on the counseling shit. Yeah. Okay. Before it moves on to, you know, um, Article 15, if it ever gets to that point, you know, right. so. Um, in the reserve world, it's much more difficult. I mean, you you can hang paper on somebody. You know, you can do a counseling in January. Well, well, in February they may be with their active duty command. Okay, so then you see them in March maybe, because well maybe they rescheduled their drill uh, on out to some other time. So you don't see them for like three four months. You know, hmm. and maybe. Maybe you see them, maybe you don't. But by the time you see them four months later, you've really, it's like, oh God, what do we do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what, what yeah. have you, I mean, have you, have you really just, you were put on probation for six months and you've really not been here for six months. So now it's over and
0: holy cow. What was really accomplished kind of thing? Nothing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Nothing was accomplished. So, uh, hmm. I'm surprised those, there's
0: not like mechanisms for like, I don't know, like taking points away or something like that. Cause like what motivates a reservist to do reserve things? I would assume it's stuff like points, but I don't know.
1: There, I mean, there are, um, there are what we call administrative u's, So we can, we can basically, uh, take a point away. We can't touch pay. We can never touch pay. Yeah. Uh, the, the nosk commanding officer, uh, he alone has the authority to administer an administrative u. Okay. okay. Now, if you if you have uh, on your ninth U you mm-hmm. in a rolling twelve month period. Ninth. Okay, your ninth one. Jesus. Now now I know that sounds like a lot. Okay. But when you think about a drill weekend mm-hmm. where each drill weekend, while while it's two days, yeah. that's four points. Right. Okay. So if you miss a a, a whole drill weekend, uh, you don't call, you don't show up, nothing, and you get you basically UA for that that's, weekend.
0: That's, that's a thing. That's four. You can oh, yeah. just not show up. <laughs> you can just yeah, you can just not show up. <laughs> and you're not like UA going to mass kind of thing. Like how to? I didn't know. I thought you had no choice if you sign the contract. Like you have to show up to drill. I mean rescheduling, I, mean, I would assume is a thing based on life demands and stuff happens. But like just, it is, just I mean no you can, showing.
1: You can yeah, there there are those who no show. Uh, wow. no call, no show, you know, uh, maybe they, they've turned their phone off or they live in, uh, you know, outside of cell service and right. trying to call, you know, you really go out of your way to try to mm-hmm. figure out what's up, make sure they're okay and nothing. And they get, they get UAs for one drill weekend. That's four use. Okay. okay. So if they do that, you know, another time where there's eight. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So let's say they've got eight in this 12 month period this 11 month period right and then they get an administrative U because they didn't fulfill a requirement yeah okay now you've got nine you can do an ad sep.
2: okay gotcha. okay
1: so you know there there are some ways to do that stuff but okay I, you know yeah I, you don't really want it to get to that point for sure yeah for sure um i've I've always been the kind of oh, man you know I've listened to your podcast a lot And uh, you like the troubled sailors, you know. (laughs) And uh, I kind of, I kind of do too, you know. I kind of, man, I'll fight for somebody Mm. if you know, up until the point where I absolutely can't fight for them anymore, you know. Right. Just, I mean, second chance, third chance, fourth chance, you know. Yeah. Until they get to the point where I just can't go drag them to to drill. force them to do anything you know yeah
0: i guess the way i look at it is like i understand that i can't save them all but i'm gonna try really hard and then oh yeah when i get to the point where i i kind of understand that it's like you're making these adult life choices that have consequences and at some point my hand is going to be forced into that accountability function that is going to lead to captain's mast or worse right like something that goes towards separation and it's like I'm, but my thing is like I'm still not gonna, I'm gonna detach the accountability for the, for your service uh, obligations from, uh, like just you being a human being. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna like destroy your soul as I kick you out the (laughs) door. Like I'm gonna support you and I'm gonna be there for you because that's what decent human beings do.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, dealing with those issues is kind of difficult, and um, even. Even UCMJ authority for the cell res is is tricky. You know, I mean, it's pretty easy on uh, yeah. on active duty. You know, yeah. Um, but on on uh, in the reserves, it's much more difficult because you know you you may drill one place, but an active duty component owns you at another. Mm-hmm. You know, so who has UCMJ authority over you? You know, um, if you're on active duty, let's say, okay, hey, let's let's say you go to Guam on on orders and you sexually assault somebody while you're out there. Well, they don't disclose it until you're already back home off orders. Well, your local NOSC CO can't take you to Mast. That, now that was a that was a little that was a little dramatic, okay? Yeah. Um little dramatic. However, uh, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, I could go to sub-pack tomorrow. I could do something illegal, you know, mastable, and then leave. And it's like, okay, um, is, is sub-pack really going to take me to Captain's Mast? Yeah. Or are they just going to like, ah, oh, it's not even worth the trouble. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, if you it's know, a lower-level
0: so, thing, I imagine. Yeah. yeah um, that's... Even, <laughs> I mean... Depends on the situation, I guess. It depends on a lot of stuff. I mean, mm. there's
1: uh, – UCMJ authority is just very tricky when it comes to reservists. I mean, as a matter of fact, they changed UCMJ recently mm. to encompass uh, specifically reservists uh, on drill weekends. Okay. So, Interesting. I mean, used to, uh, your drill period is from like, let's say, whatever the the NOSC says your drill period is, okay? So, let's just say from zero seven to 1600, okay? Mm-hmm you're on let's say quote unquote orders to be there for that day. Well you go home, right? And but you're supposed to drill the next day, but so in that period between, you know, let's say seventeen hundred and the next morning, you you uh I'll just say it. you sexually assault somebody. Yeah. Are you on orders or are you not? Uh, Dang. Well yeah. technically you're not. So you're not subject to U C M J. But it happened, you know. Now, obviously, you're, you know, subject to uh, civil authority, you know, and and civil law, but, but it's like, can you take this individual to mast, you know? Right. Well, well, now you can. So that's awesome. I mean, now you can. So if something happens outside the drill period, like between, you know, between Saturday and Sunday, now, once, once like Sunday's over with, it's kind of like, okay, you're, you're off orders now. Yeah. Go on and, you know, Whatever you do is on you, you know, Um, but those little um, having to, to know and deal with those kind of little issues. It's um man, you got just Yeah, it's it's um, stuff that active duty component wouldn't really have to deal with, you know, yeah. because you're always on orders. Right. Always. I mean, even so, even uh, even if I walk, let's say I went to Kings Bay. And I'm not on orders, but I go on on base, I go into the exchange and I Mm -hmm. I steal a stereo. Yeah. Okay, and walk out. Guess what? I'm not subject to the UCMJ. That's crazy. But you are now
0: Um, with the changes or no? No. If I just go down there on leisure, no. I bet you there's a way that a Jag could get around that (laughs) if they wanted Um, to prosecute you or something.
1: Now they so what they would end up doing is taking that through NCIS, okay, or you know, civilian authority. You know, uh, Camden County would probably come down and and take you into custody, all that stuff, right? But they could also go through NCIS and and uh, you know the assistant U.S. attorney could prosecute you and and all that stuff. But as far as just going yeah. to Captain's Mast, no, yeah, uh, can't can't happen. So it's um uh, you know so that I'll tell you what, man, that kind of leads me to, and I know we've been going for a while here, but yeah. uh, unless you got to go, just uh, tell I'm me. getting there, but go ahead, okay. Um, so you mentioned command senior chief. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think I I told you in a, in an email before that I got kicked out of and failed the senior listed Academy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, nothing, uh, I I just failed some essays, right? Yeah. It was
0: just academic related.
1: It was academic. So I didn't get booted for, you know, anything else. It was academic before in residence, you know, still kind of uh still kind of licking my wounds from that but I'm not yeah. letting it get me down but um you know uh, my problem essay was uh after talking to my faculty advisor it kind of came up uh because I was like listen bro I you know I'm not getting paid to do this stuff yeah. he's like you're not you're not getting paid to do this no no I'm not getting a dime to do this this distance learning stuff yeah not a dime you know so so then that kind of goes back to Title 10. Yeah. You know, Title 10 says you got to be on some kind of orders to be a, an employee of the United States. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's certainly a requirement for, you know, active duty senior chiefs hmm. to make master chief. You got go to go through the senior listed academy. Yeah. Right. It's also a requirement for, for reservists. So you if know? it's a
0: requirement, why aren't they paying you? That's crazy. Bingo. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know that's that's kind of now, I, you know, as uh, as as Force Coach would say, you know, um, we got a lot of good Patriots, you know, and I was a good mm-hmm. Patriot, and I did a, I did, still yeah. do a ton of work, you know, when I am not getting paid for it or getting points, right. just because you know what, we're we're Chiefs, and that's just what nah, we yeah, did. I get it, you I, know,
0: but that um, can so be a, it. that can kind of be abused too, like that can be taken too far, where it's like, yeah, but uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> I still got to like feed my family and I'm still working towards this pension. That's going to like sustain me for the rest of my adult life. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like I get it and I will, I'm, there are certainly instances where I'm willing to do that. Like you could qualify this platform as something where I'm going above and beyond all the time, but I do it cause I enjoy it. Um, nobody's asking me to,
2: but right. it's
0: just like, I, yeah, like for that, it's like, man, you're, but you're entitled to be paid I for mean, the things that are requirements. So what the heck? So that's, yeah, I mean that's what,
1: seven weeks? I mean yeah. so we go um active th- there 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 are special reserve courses, okay, that are only two weeks in residence and we go a week longer on Blackboard, mm-hmm. okay? To fit our act our annual training requirements. Okay. Now we can opt to go to the active duty course that's three weeks if we yeah. can get funding for it. That's always an option. But okay. you know, That still doesn't take care of the fact that I've got this, this, uh, distance learning portion, you know, that we have to, we have to kind of just do it because it's a requirement and we don't necessarily get financial compensation for it. Gotcha. Okay. Now I can put in, you know, additional periods and get points for that, you know, um, But does it really cover everything I'm doing on the not really, you know, and again, it's so I I got I did get some pushback on that. I don't think, um, you know, I don't know that I communicated it well, maybe in my essay. Okay. Um, And I certainly didn't want it to come off like I was complaining. Right. And I'm not complaining. You know, I love the Navy. Mm -hmm. Um, But. You know, I may not complain, but there may be somebody out there who's in a worse financial situation than I am. Yeah, and they can't do it because they're working twelve hours a day. Right. You know, yet it's a requirement, and they miss out on on a promotion because they can't because meet the requirement. It, because yeah. they can't meet it because they got to feed their family. That's you know, how crazy. Is that that yeah. how's that fair? It's not. And I know life's not fair, but yeah, you know, and we want to be we want to be seen in the same light. As we just want to be chiefs, right? We want to be seen as a chief, whether you're active or reserve. Yeah. You know, but that's just not the case. And sometimes that's okay. Yeah. And this is one of those cases where it's like, okay, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um. Fortunately for me, my year group uh, making senior chief was waived, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's literally to- like.
0: They've like been waving it weeks. since they made it a requirement, man. Yeah, so
1: it's like you know, at some <laughs> yeah. point, I, I see it kind of going away, but I don't know if it's a good thing that it goes away. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm with you. You know, there's uh, we push for the uh, for for leadership
0: development, and it yeah. certainly is a uh, a good platform for that. Yeah, um, I think the the my understanding of it, the way it was explained to me, was they were making it a requirement to because people kept trying to cut the senior enlisted academy. Uh, like funding, like they're trying to defund mm-hmm. it and it, they were making it a requirement so that you couldn't unfund it effectively with the war college budget. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, on the flip side of that coin, I would contend that if we're going to make it a requirement, you need more, you, you need to do that when you have the capacity to right. to do that, right? So it's like, I think they're just going to keep waiving it until they come up with a solution, whether that's Blackboard or the other enlisted academies for other services or something like coming up with some other equivalent where maybe it's all done online. I don't know. Maybe students can just remote into a lot of those sessions that they do at leadership hall. Like, I don't know. Well,
1: And I mean, you know, so the other services academies are authorized.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying they have to service their armed service, like their branch. So it's like, how much capacity do you gain by picking up seats here and there? You know what I mean? So.
1: Yeah. And, and so for me as a reservist, you know, a lot of those, I think, uh, Air Force is all in resident. Yeah. And of course the, you know, um, special warfare, they've got their own like eight month, oh, whatever. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's, that's all in the Milpers, man. Mm-hmm. Um, how long they are and all that stuff, but it's, um, you know, really the only one that fits that's a comparable course would be the Coast Guard, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I, yeah, I may. I'll probably get to that point. I would, you know, I I thought that I wanted to go command senior chief and yeah. command Master chief, and and I still may get to that point. Man, I've still yeah. got still got plenty of time unless sure. something happens. But um, anyway, yeah, um, my vote, brother. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, man. Got any save
0: rounds uh, or alibis?
1: Well, I, let me. Uh, okay, so you want? Okay, so you're you're an active duty individual sailor and mm-hmm. you want to come into the reserves.
0: Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, that's one so, thing I definitely want to hit before we wrap up. So there's
1: up. a couple of ways to do that. Okay. You, you get a talk to your, your PS, your, your career counselor, whoever. Yeah. And you get a C way quota into the reserves. Okay. That's so that's the, while
0: you're still on active duty.
1: That's while you're still on active duty. So you apply for a C way quota into the reserves. Hmm. And that is probably, in all honesty, the best route to go yeah. because, um, you lose, you lose some, um, some benefits and I don't know all the benefits that you lose, but you lose some benefits if you have even one day break in service coming yeah. into the reserves. Okay. Okay. So the best method is to get that Seaway quota and go right into the reserves mm-hmm. and start drilling at a, you know, at a drill center. Somewhere close to where you are. And then you can always move, move yeah. around if yeah. you, if you need to. Uh, the second way is, um, let's say you got out, you've got some, some break in service, then find, uh, find a reserve recruiter. Okay. And you can come back in that way. Now, any, any IRR period mm. that you have, uh, so everybody does eight years, right? Right. No matter what you come in on a, you come in for four active duty. Your last four are in the inactive ready reserve. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Now, if you, if you rack up some IRR time, that's okay. But understand that those are really dead years when it comes to retirement. Yeah. So you got to make those up on the back end. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this and you want, don't wait. And yeah. if you're on IRR right now, don't wait. And you're thinking about it, just come on back in. Yeah, go talk um, to a recruiter. <laughs> yeah, please go talk to a recruiter. Um, so we try not to, we really do not actively try to recruit active duty sailors. Right. Okay. That's We don't do that because we support active duty. Yeah, we don't want to point. take from active duty. Okay. So. Yeah. But I would I would encourage anybody who's thinking about getting off of active duty anyway to join the reserves because yeah. it's pretty easy. And I'll tell you what, man, uh the last 13, 14 years have just flown by. Yeah. And now I'm I'm sitting here at, you know, at my civilian job and everybody else is is like. They have no other retirement plan in place. Right. Except for the civilian job retirement. Yeah. And you know, that might end tomorrow mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um and I've got a retirement waiting on me when yeah. I choose to retire. Yeah. So it's kinda nice to have that secondary you know for sure retirement sitting out there waiting on me
0: yeah that's one so, of the things i always say it's like i might screw everything up for the rest of my life but i'm never gonna starve to death i'll always have an income coming in that'll keep me fed yeah so, well, all right man let's wrap this thing up
1: yeah um, yeah I, I don't i don't have anything else oh, um, yeah you can put my my contact info in the show notes. And, yeah. Uh,
0: no, I definitely will. I'll put, yeah. uh, I'll put your email address and stuff in there. If anybody's got any questions about, uh, active reserve stuff, uh, to hit you up, man. Sounds good. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. We can do it again too. Who, yeah. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Really fun talking to him. And we've been trying to get that done for a really long time Uh, and just scheduling and, you know, adults trying to align. But uh, really glad we finally got it done. I'm sure you'll hear from him again. Uh, And uh, if you guys got any questions in the show notes, you'll see uh, an email address for him. You can you can reach out to him and ask him questions specifically about the reserve component uh, and he can point you in the right direction. Uh, if that's something that you're in your in your career progression, you're at that point where you're considering separating but still want to be a part of the Navy, it's a it's a really great option um, for all the reasons that he talked about. If you need anything from us, uh, Chief Bob's monitor and all the accounts that I've talked about before, hit us up, don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us, don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or just engage in the subs at Dguts Podcast or our Dguts Podcast and on the R Navy thread as well on Reddit. Uh, you can just interact, get involved in those conversations. Uh, Bob will be moderating. I'll do as much as I can for my phone, but uh, just be involved and have those conversations with us. Uh, if you would like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things for the podcasts. Uh, just it helps us get the word out. Uh, we don't have a we don't have an advertising budget so uh, it helps with just the word of mouth and and your willingness to share it uh so that it gets to the people that that need it um and uh not plugging the store just now because i'm not going to be able to get to the post office anyway so uh that's it that's what i got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship